Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Dead Puck Podcast. I think it was seven. <laughs> um, I'm here with Dylan and Nick. Nick is going to be probably full time now. So yay! <laughs> wow, so enthusiastic. <laughs> um, I think we're going to start today on because Nick is full time. We're going to start with the Vancouver Canucks and um, this crazy free agent frenzy. Stuff that's going on in the NHL. There was 163 signings yesterday or two days ago. Um, and it's just been absolutely chaotic in the NHL world. With the amount of stories and topics that we can even... I don't even know really, really where to start other than we'll just start with the Canucks and their dealings. Yeah, so I have a list of things I was going to talk about because they made a bunch of signings, but... Most of them near the end of yesterday were just AHL signings, so I figured like those don't really matter. Those are just depth pieces, and if guys get injured in the AHL, then those guys can come up. Don't really matter. Um, so I'm just gonna run through the not really important ones first. So like we signed Luke Shen to two Ooh, year, yeah. two year, 850k. Like, yay, he's our seventh defenseman unless he outplays like. Um, like Tucker Pullman, but he's but Tucker Pullman's making two $2.5 million. I'll talk about that one in a little bit. Um, I loved that we that we re signed Sutter to a one year 1.125 million. Like, that's perfect for a fourth line center. I love Sutter, he's a great locker room guy, he's a good leader, and he's a guy that can kill penalties perfectly. He he actually wins face offs, which is important. Um, um, and then we signed our backup goalie Halak one year oh, one point yeah. one year one point five. Apparently, from what Jim Benning said in his um Zoom interview yesterday, he said that Ian Clark, our goaltending coach, really wanted Halak to be the backup for Demko. So I mean, Jim Benning went and got him. So I mean, make your goaltending coach happy. So sorry, sorry. So the 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 goaltending coach just really wanted to work with a thirty six year old. Is that? Is that what I mean, he. I apparently, I mean, I don't Did know. You want to turn him back into like Halak from like Montreal days, and I, 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 I mean, if he can, that'd be perfect. I mean, I'm get them all the way to the cup and then not I necessarily would, win. He was guess. good the last few years though in Boston. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, with Boston, it's easier to be on that when you have Tuka Rask in front too, right? Like, it's easy to tandem between him and Tuka. I think. Yeah, but it'll be easy to tandem between him and Demko too. Demko's amazing. He was the he if it wasn't Besser last year, he Demko would have been the Canucks MVP. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm guessing Demko is going to play around like 55 games. I would, I wouldn't imagine him playing more than 60 because that's a lot for like his first actual 82 game season. Because like last year they only played 56. Um. Then we resigned Hamannick to a two-year, three million dollar AV. I think that's a little much for Hamannick. Like, a little. He didn't even want to play <laughs> at all. He like, didn't want to play here. What do you mean he didn't want to play? Not, here? not necessarily. I'm saying when he when he played for Calgary, he didn't want to play in Calgary because he wanted to be close to because he's from he's from BC, isn't he? Yeah. No, he. Well, he originally no. was in New York, and then he wanted to be out west. Yeah. So then you went to Calgary. They yeah. signed a one-year deal and whatever. And then he didn't want to play during the COVID season. And then you yeah. just—he played what, like, ten, fifteen games this year? No, he played, no, he he played, played more, more than that. 40. Yeah, he played uh -huh. like thirty, forty. He didn't play for like the first month of the season. 
because he had to go he through quarantine out. and then held out, yeah. And then he had to isolate because he came over from Calgary. Um, but yeah, yeah. he made like $1.2 million last year. They signed him like a one-year 1. 1.2. And I was like, oh yeah, I'd be per- I'd be happy if we resigned him to like a two-year like $1.5 to $2 million contract. I think that'd be great. All of a sudden I see two-year, $6 million total, $3 million AAV. I'm like, oh God. psychic? That is way it's not way too much like it's not an overpay per se but like i'm like "Ah, that's a little bit much like if if i had to pay like yeah if if, where is he gonna play in your defense he's playing he's playing playing with hughes i do not want myers playing with hughes and i do not want pullman playing with hughes i I feel like i can say anything worse because he played with ed there a lot last year and i was like jesus christ i feel so bad for that guy for hughes yeah oh my god like he they, you give him a bad rap because yeah he didn't perform to his key season excuse me yeah, but he, but they, he, they, he had nobody to play with and this whole team had COVID and there was nothing going on in that front like in that team that would change like they were never going to make the playoffs when I didn't because like I watched the majority of the Canucks games last year because there was nothing to do because I was dealing with uh, an injury that made, that made me not work so I was watching as many Canucks games as I could and the way that Green just put whoever with Hughes, like one game he'd be with Edler, then one game he'd be with Schmidt, and then the next game he'd be put with Myers. Like, dude, this is a 20, I think at the time, 20, 21. yeah, 21-year-old kid who just lost his father figure in Tanev because the owners were just like, no, we don't want to, we don't want to give out money because it's 2020 and COVID season, blah, blah, blah. So we're and then Green's just like, okay, I'm just gonna throw him with whoever, and we'll see what sticks. And then finally, when Hamnick was full time playing, they realized, oh yeah, Hamnick's a lesser version of Tanner, so we're just gonna throw him with him. Um, but yeah, I I really hate the second pair because I know OEL is gonna be one of them, and that's gonna be either Myers or Pullman. That's a slow ass second pair. Um. But yeah, I think the Hamnick one's a little a little overpay, but not like holy crap, why'd you give him that much money? Um And then there was the Tucker Pullman signing. For a four year, two and a half million dollars AV. I literally have in my notes WTF with a question mark. <laughs> like what is Jim Benning like everything before that? I was like, okay, perfect. Like you, you got Halak, you re-signed Sutter, you got Shen on a really cheap contract to be the seventh defenseman for injuries. You re-signed Hamnick to the tiny overpay of three million a year, and then I see four year, two and a half million, ten million total for Tucker Pullman. What are you doing? Like he, he's getting paid. To be the second pairing defenseman with, I'm assuming, will be OEL because I don't think Rathbone or Ulevi is ready to be second pair defenseman yet. It's like, I just don't understand that signing. That I watched a lot of people react to like the day one free agency, like the, at least the important ones. And I had, I saw a lot of people saying that this was the biggest overpay and the biggest head scratcher of all of them. And I completely agree because I don't, I don't get it. Like Tucker Pullman, mm-hmm. he's only played like a hundred and like a hundred NHL games, I think. And do he's... you want to know? Do you want to know what he put? He played last year. 
what his point totals were last year? I know what his point totals were last year. <laughs> I checked because I I knew. Can you, can you I please tell us name. what his point totals are? I knew the name, but and I knew what team he played for. I knew he played for Winnipeg last year because I saw him play when they played Vancouver a couple times. But I just wanted to double check his stats because I was like, oh, was he was he uh, decent last year? And then I check his stats. I'm like, nope. Literally one assist. <laughs> Thirty nine games. 39 games, one assist. His career is 120 games, so I, w- I was decently close with that. Yeah, he's got five goals total and 14 assists, 19 points in 120 games. So You gave him two and a half a season. Two and a half million to basically be um, the defensive defenseman for OEL, so OEL doesn't have to worry about defense. I mean, he didn't worry about that in Arizona, so, I mean, who cares? But yeah, uh, in Jim Benning's interview yesterday, he's like, oh, yeah, we really wanted to prioritize getting bigger um, in the back end. And I think we accomplished that. Like, yeah, you did. But at what cost? Cause, yeah. And then but then uh, he before he said that, he's also said, oh, I think our team got a lot faster. And then he immediately counteracted that by saying, oh, but I think our defense got bigger. What? Like, yeah, you may have gotten a better top nine now that you got Garland and uh, Jason Dickinson, which I honestly had no idea who that guy was before I looked him up. Um, but, like, every like McDavid, when McDavid has the puck, who's going to stop yeah, him? Yeah, you guys are screwed. I was just thinking that, like, once once you said that his the defense was getting bigger, I'm like, you can't still stop McDavid if he's – like, you can't move your feet fast enough to turn your body they around. Couldn't, they couldn't stop Jeff Skinner if they wanted to. Like, come on. Ridiculous, but yeah, Tucker Pullman, whatever he over he got he got overpaid, but at least it's at least it's only two point five. Like I know that's a lot for the caliber player of um, Tucker Pullman, but like at least they didn't overpay somebody at like over four million or five million. I'm that's like the one saving grace with that contract is at least it's not that big of a contract. Not like a like a, for example like a Louis Erickson contract. I know. Oh, Lyrickson six by six, nice job. But yeah, at least it's not that kind of contract. So I'm, I guess, happy with that. Um, it seems like every year for a while, Vancouver was doing that, like signing some second well, or third line guy to, like Jay Beagle that's or because, Antoine Roussel. Yeah, Jay Beagle. Oh my god. But well, that's because, and I was telling you guys this before we started recording that the that Francesco Acolini, the owner of the Canucks, had a big influence on certain big contracts for lower end players before this offseason they took they took a they made a review of like their whole management team and they were like hmm maybe we should take a step back and let our management do their jobs this year and they did and look what they did they signed a bunch of players they're gonna have the highest i really i'm guessing they're gonna have one of the highest um cap hits for their ahl affiliate for the abbotsford team because like a lot of their guys right now are signed to like 750k contracts, so that's that's crazy that that's going to be a thing. But I mean, they need depth at forward because they had a lot of injuries last year, and they were just setting up whoever was ready. Um, yeah, I'll move on to finally. I have this in full caps with three exclamation marks. Finally, Vertanen is gone. <laughs> finally, yeah, it did take a really really long time. Oh my god, like. Sometimes you got to cut your losses before it gets worse. And the Canucks did not do that with Vertanen. They were banking on him finally like cleaning up his act and 
like the last off season, he was working out with Myers. So everyone's like, oh yeah, Myers is going to take him under his wing and he's going to teach him the ways to not be like a dickhead all the time. But no, then all of a sudden the story comes out and we all know, at least Western Canadians know the story of Vertanen and his allegations. Um, but yeah, Vertanen by out, all caps, three exclamation marks, finally. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, also, Brayden Holpe as well. Well, I was going to move on to that one. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Holpe buyout, like, great. Um, he was making four, I think it was $4.7 or $4.2 million this this season. Perfect. Um, uh, we were trying to get rid of Cap because Bending's worried about an offer sheet. He even said that in the interview yesterday. He's like, oh, well... We were worried about an offer sheet for PD, so we wanted to have cap flexibility. So that's why we got rid of Schmidt, who I'm going to talk about next. And then we bought out Holpe because his, his cap hit was too high, and we could sign a veteran goaltender for less than that, and they did with signing Halak to 1.5 for one year, which is I thought was great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then he signed with Dallas for one year, $2 million. So he's making $2 million less because he got bought out. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with with Holpe, like you already said, like with that deal was it was four and a half, I think it was four and a half. Yeah, yeah, years. four and a half. Yeah. And I remember you saying that at that time when Holpe signed that deal, he's like, "That's way too much." Yeah, it was. And for the for even the... if you yeah even if you dropped it down to three, I think that would have been the perfect amount. You guys would still have Holpe even after his. I mean, not not a very good season. I don't know um, why he signed there last year. To Dallas? Oh, for no, no, it's Vancouver. Vancouver. Uh, I think it was just a chain of change of scenery, well, and I, also, I think that's also Ian Clark was with the Canucks, and he was the goaltending coach when Hopi and the Caps went to the Cup and they won. So okay, maybe so is. so Hopi was probably like, oh yeah, he's gonna help me revitalize my career at an older age because I've sucked the last two or three seasons with the Capitals ever since they won the Cup. Um. Like I the know Canucks that was games a... that I saw this year with him in that he just seemed like disinterested. Yeah, I mean, like he, he, it seemed like his heart was never in it. Probably not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that. I thought like the, the thing that was optimistic about when Hopi signed last year was, Oh yeah. Ian Clark. He's like the goalie guru in the entire NHL. Like he's one of the top tier goaltending coaches. So he's going to help Hopi. Like, get back to where he was when Washington won the Cup. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be Demko learning from Holpe, and then Holpe is, like, mentoring Demko. So it's going to be perfect. But then it didn't pan out that way, which, I, which I'm okay with because I don't think Holpe playing just below Demko's level because Demko was pretty damn good last year for a really bad Canucks team in front of him. Um, at least after the first month, because for the first month, Vancouver scored a bunch of goals, but they were allowing more goals because the goaltending and the defense was horrible. But then all of a sudden, flip of a switch, Vancouver couldn't score, and the defense and goaltending was helping them win games, or at least stay in games. So it was really weird. But I don't think if Holpe went back to his like cup-winning days, I still don't think the Canucks would have been a playoff team. I wouldn't have wanted them to be a playoff team. Because they would have gotten destroyed probably by Toronto, barring another comeback win. Sorry, Ben. Uh, hmm. But I really don't think that that Canucks team could have even 
maybe they maybe they, they might have won one game against Toronto, and then Toronto was been like, yeah, no, that's that's it, you're done. Um, but yeah, Hopi buyout, like great. We were sh- we needed to shed cap. He was part of that. Um, like the expendables of the of the group. I was okay with it. I kind of we like the the I guess you can call it diehard Canucks fans. They knew that Holby was going to be bought out if um, the Canucks wanted to shed cab because he was our biggest cab for the expendable players. Um, which leads me to the next people, which leads me to the next one. Nate Schmidt traded to Winnipeg. Perfect. He didn't want to be in Vancouver. There were there were multiple reports that Benning said. That, that that those allegations were false that Nate wanted to be in Vancouver and then all of a sudden it's no 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 he does want out of Vancouver and then they traded him for literally what they got when do you do you think that they could have traded Schmidt for Pullman and a and a third uh well do you think that would have been an equal trade because i think like at least Schmidt does some sort of like offensive um like some sort of offensively like good players like Pullman, as we talked about, is yeah, not a Pullman. very offensive player. Yeah, so, Pullman's definitely defensive heavy for sure. Do you not think that trade could have happened before that? Uh, well, I was that signing. Well, if I was, he's, yeah. I was okay with Schmidt being traded for a third because we traded him for we like we traded for him for a third. So it's basically like he was never on the team because we got a third round pick back, and um, I don't know the difference in. A selection between the third round pick that we got from Vegas and then the third round pick we were gonna we just got from Winnipeg, but I mean it, it probably isn't that big of a difference because both teams are pretty good, so they're probably like somewhere like with like within at least five or ten picks of each other. So it's not it's not like twenty pick difference, so it's not that big of a deal. But like, like it, it just seems like an extra step. That's what I'm I'm getting at. It just seems like an extra step just to get a defenseman from. The well, the, the team prob- that you just traded a third round pick. For. Well, the problem is with Schmidt is yeah, you're getting a good offensive defenseman who is just below average for defense. Like he's not a liability, but he's also not like a super good defensive player. He's I would say he's just below average, and then his offense is what carries his five point nine five million contract. And I think that's why nothing else was added. I think a third round pick was the only thing because of his cap hit. Like Nate Schmidt's a good player, but he's not five point nine five million worth. No, I just think he needs to be in the right situation. Yeah, like he when needed, he was in Vegas. Yeah, when he was in Vegas, he he was definitely seen as like somebody that wasn't really overpaid, but somebody who was getting a little more money than what than what they should be. Like I think people were like, oh, if Nate Schmidt was at like five million, then that'd be fine. But like that extra nine hundred fifty k, like I know it doesn't seem like much, but it's almost a million more that they were like, eh, yeah. if he was if he was at like five million, then that'd be fine. But yeah, I think that five point nine five million was the reason why nothing else was added, at least from what I've heard, and at least in my opinion. So like, I was perfectly fine with the third round pick coming back. It takes five point nine five million off our cap hit, and he was getting that for the next five years. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm. We just got OEL, which I'm gonna talk about next. And I'll try to be short with that because. Well, no, like you, you can definitely talk about that one with Garland because I think he's a huge oh. pickup for your team as well. Okay, then yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done for sure. <clears throat> then third round pick, basically, like we never had him. The the experiment didn't work. He, I loved his personality. He was hilarious. Like if you if you watch his like mic dub uh, videos, they're hilarious. I just think it just didn't work with the team last year. We weren't 
even close to a playoff team last year. If we were a playoff team, I think he would have had more, um, more like input. Yeah, input, input, or like he had more of like a play in his play. But yeah, whatever, didn't work. Too bad you got the same thing that you traded for for him, so it didn't even matter. Um, but yeah, now the biggest acquisition of at least the Canucks offseason is the OEL Garland trade for. Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Roussel, and then the ninth overall pick and second round pick and a seventh round pick. I've seen a lot of Canucks. What's the fans. point of the seventh round pick? Yeah, I don't like, know. I, it's, I, a, it's a throwaway because you have I to trade something. Like the, the seventh round picks are generally just pointless unless you're Mark Stone and you turn into a top, like what, top 15, top 20 player in the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can go back in time and see all the seven round picks. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But Datsuk, I think, as well, is around there. Yeah, yeah, Datsuk. But generally speaking, seven round picks aren't going to turn out to be relevant NHL players. So, like, I don't understand why people, why teams are just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to give you a seven round pick. Who cares? Well, you, you look at like the, uh, the Andrew Ladd contract dump trade with the Islanders. Like, they didn't want anything back. They just wanted cap space, but you had yeah. to trade something. Like, a seventh round pick would just be that to receive. Yeah, if you're just gonna dump a huge cap on another team, which happens to be the Arizona Coyotes, because they're just the dumping they're, ground. They're <laughs> taking literally, they're taking everything that nobody else wants. They're just like, yep, come on, yep, yeah. Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Russell, sure, uh, who's Shane Gossespierre, sure, get in here. And then I kind of like off. what they're doing though, because they've got yeah, like all those they're contracts really are gonna expire in a year. Next or two. year, yeah, and then they've got two first round picks because they got one for Kemper. And now they have mm-hmm. five second round picks. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like they're like Why well, do you have so many second round picks? Like <laughs> why not? I mean no, it's we, like five of them. Yeah, they literally have five for second round picks next year. Need, it's crazy. They need twenty six more picks to complete the whole second round for themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, I mean on the way yeah, they, they could be really scary next year if they play their cards right with all the contracts that are coming off their books and all the picks that they have, they could be scary next year. At least I think they could be pretty good next year, but I just think it's usually what we say about Arizona though. It's going to be so oh, yeah, these funny. Guys look really good. And oh, they just never show up. It's going to be so funny seeing the types of players and the types of contracts that they have that they're going to throw out there. It's, I think it's gonna be hilarious when they, whatever roster they put together next year. Um, but yeah, I seen a lot of Canucks fans really mad at this trade and a lot of like uproar about it. Those are the Canucks fans that get mad literally over the, the smallest thing. Like those are the Vancouver fans that make other players not want to come to Vancouver. The the ridicule and the constant backlash for stuff. I'm not one of those guys. I look at it from like an optimistic point of view, or at least I try to. When I first saw the trade, I was pissed. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw it, I was like, oh for like, you know. I was so mad, but then the more I thought about it and the more that like I looked at stats and the more that I looked at like Garland and OEL's like situation in Arizona, I was like, okay, you know what? It really isn't that bad. Like, yeah, the ninth overall pick, you kind of had to give that up for Garland because Garland is a legit top six winger. And I think he's going to fit right along with Horvat and either Hoagland or Pearson. I think it'll be Hoagland just because he had such a great season last year, but it could be Pearson. I don't know. We'll see what happens in training camp. Um, I don't think he's going to replace Besser or like bump up to top line. I think the lotto line 
with PD, Miller, and Besser is their top line. And if they switch that up, unless they play horrible and there's just like nothing going there, then maybe, yeah, you put Besser up there or you put uh, Garland instead of Besser. But I just think he slots, he slots in perfectly second pair or second line with Horvat and either Hoglander or Pearson. I love the contract that they signed him for, the five-year, like, average AAV of 4.95 million. I know that's what Benning loves to do, though. He likes to sign, like, all, if you look at Cap Friendly, like, all the contracts are between, like, six and four. Yeah, and they're well, there for such long terms. Like, why does he go for long terms in the mid? Garland is a much better player than Erickson oh, or Beagle or any oh, of those yeah. types of guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying that he's but not a great player. It's just, why do you keep signing them in that? Like, you look, Bo Horvat's, like, five and a half um besser's like six or five point something what are you what are you talking about oliver ekman larson's gonna be making 7.2 million dollars and yeah but you didn't sign you didn't sign the contract that's what i'm getting at like why does benning like to piece them all in that cheap part because he doesn't want to sign that louis erickson contract again what they just signed it just like five hundred thousand dollars less than the louis erickson contract yeah same term so it's fine. Then it's stop it's, signing for long term. Like I know they want to be there, but they, you know that like by the end of the contract, that's what it's why the term is there. Is that by the end of the contract they're not going to be there, so they're able to move them, right? Yeah. But but if you just they, sign them to what, how long that they're actually going to be there, they get their money, and then you yeah, can trade them or they go to free agency. Yeah, or but then like you're going to be you're going to be paying those same guys probably fifty percent more. more than yeah. That's why he does like those. Four to five. I mean, year I'm coming deals. from the standpoint of like my top four players make over. Yeah, well, your top four stupid, players stupid are all making over eight million dollars each. Oh, I know. Well, no, Nylander's making. Or is he seven point nine? Six point nine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, they're all so making top, over six. The top three are making over way too much money. Yeah, they're all making. Isn't they? Aren't they all making over ten million? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, two of them are worth it, and then one of them's kind of meh. <laughs> At least it's, in my opinion, I think Matthews and Marner are worth that much money. Or at least, maybe not Marner, maybe a little less. I mean, I was just say Marner's. I don't think like Braden Point signed for yeah, nine and a half nine. now, and that just that just makes uh. us look like crap now because <laughs> <laughs> he's won two cups now. He, he's just a ten Dude, times do, better do, player. Do you, do you think Point took a little bit of a discount instead of asking for like eleven or ten and a half? He was like fine with nine point five because he got an eight year contract. They Possibly. all have their yeah. Kucherov yeah. did. Stamkos did. Yeah, um, I think Edmund, like I think Edmund did Colorado. as well. Yeah, Edmund did, and Vasilevsky too. He signed that eight-year, seventy-two million. So, um, but yeah, when yeah when I first saw the trade, I was pissed. Then I thought about it more, and then I was like, okay, really, realistically, that seventh-round pick means absolutely nothing unless they win the lottery and they get like a Mark Stone type or a Henrik Zetterberg type, which is very rare, especially nowadays. Um, and then I thought about it more with like the second round pick because everyone's like, well, they added a first and a second. I'm like, okay, but the second round pick is like a 50-50 chance of them being like a relevant NHL player. Like it worked out stay, for us. A stay in, a stay yeah, in. Like a, yeah, like a staple NHL guy, like a solid guy. So I'm like, okay, they could get a good guy, but they could also like just absolutely shit the bed on the second round pick. Like what they, like what Arizona normally does with their drafting. Um, at least recently with their drafting. Um, Last 10 years. Yeah, the most recent ones. Um, and then I was like, okay, yeah, we give up Beagle, who's injury-prone. We give up Roussel, who's just a penalty machine. He gets so many penalties because he's just a pest, and it's not in a good way. Um, and then we get rid of Erickson's contract. Like, 
It's one more year, by the way. One more yeah. year you, for you, all you three. held out for five out of six years because you signed the Eric, the uh, Ekman Larson contract three years later than you wanted to. Yeah, it's so stupid. And Eric, I like them I trading those three guys. Like, obviously yeah. they saved the money, and it's only one year. You probably maybe you could have waited the three of them out, but yeah, I think it yeah. it show to me it shows commitment to like the young core that like we're oh done, yeah hundred like, percent shed the dead weight. We're committed to well, like. I mean, you held on to the dead weight for five years, so. Uh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, but. One one of the dead weight players. Well, I mean, two of them if you count Beagle. Like, actually, yeah, not, Beagle, not but... Beagle. I I loved Beagle. I thought he was. I thought he was great for what his role was. I didn't really like Roussel more than Beagle, just because he didn't do anything. He he was a pest, and all he did was forecheck really hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, but players whatever. like that, but are not worth uh, not worth it. Whatever his cap it is, like three million or three point yeah. two million dollars. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Same with like with, with Beagle, you signed them right after they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, there's going to be a tax. On yeah, yeah. There's going to be a tax on on like recency bias of him winning the cup yeah. with the cap. So you saw that with with like uh, you saw that with like the Blake Coleman contract oh and and Barkley Goudreau and the Barkley well. Goudreau contract. They're both. I was more yeah. surprised about where Blake Coleman went rather yeah. than how much he like, got paid. Calgary? Why? It's like why? They literally just lost their captain. And you're like, I'm going to go there and we're going to win a Stanley Cup now. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I looked at their Calgary, team and Goudreau wants Calgary to leave. Kind of drives me nuts because oh, like, yeah, I know they, they do. <laughs> well, like, no, the way that they construct their team, like, I feel like in, in the league, you have like cycles where it's like your team's really good, and then eventually those contracts are garbage, and you, you know, I mean, you shed them out. It's, a, get, it's a circle. Yeah. You go through the cycle. Whereas the Canucks, or sorry, not the Canucks, the Flames, I feel like they're stuck in this like purgatory of like, yeah, I think we can compete. So we'll sign James Neal or we'll sign, um, uh, Blake Coleman or whatever, or Markstrom, which gives them enough, I guess, to fight for the playoffs. But at the same time, like they're not making the playoffs, but they're also not getting like that high draft pick. Yeah, they're you know they're, I mean? it's they're like, in no man's land. Yeah, it's like either commit to, I guess, like building Going a good forward. team or just blow it up because yeah. this core to me isn't going to take you anywhere. Well, especially when you're you're not shopping Monahan, but you're shopping Monahan. Yeah, like and you're shopping and you're not shopping Kachuk and Goudreau, but you're shopping both these players. I was so surprised that this offseason they didn't trade Monahan. I really thought they were. He was one of the guys that I was like, Oh, he's definitely gonna get traded. I don't know what for, but he's getting traded. Because all I see from the Calgary media and Calgary fans is Monahan needs to like get the hell out of here because he is not good at all i i it's hilarious you're telling this guy that plays your on your first line that he's not good i mean okay. he's not a first line he's center, not a first I'm line telling center. you that he's no i know but on their third. team i'm saying it's first line but yeah but he so shouldn't like, be <laughs> he's not a first he did, line he did have some you know good moments but he's been on that team for way too long oh yeah um, he he's the guy that needs a change of scenery a change of scenery just like sam bennett did last year when he went to florida and then he four signed. years Four point. What was it? Four point four. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. Put a put Just a bow on the games. Vancouver Canucks. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Put a bow on the Canucks, and we'll move on to the yeah. Forty-five. I, I really want to talk about talk. the <laughs> No. Um. I was about. No. To, I was about to be done. And then okay, we sorry. talking about Calgary. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm okay. just saying. You said Blake Coleman, and it triggered me there for a second. 
uh, well, we were talking about Tampa, so shut it. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think the twelve percent retained from Arizona, like it's only like it's not even a million dollars. It's like what was it, Ben? You were saying it was like nine hundred, nine hundred k, nine hundred fifty k. It's not yeah. even a mil. Like, yeah, cool. That saves us a million, but like they like really like I know they're taking on Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel, but they couldn't have retained a little bit more. Like those contracts are done this year. I think it was like twelve percent or something like that. Yeah, it was twelve percent. Yeah, nine hundred thousand. You couldn't even make it a million dollars. Yeah, like flat. I it, like that pisses me out because like I have OC, I have a I have OCD, so I'm like, just make it a million dollars. I don't want to say I don't want to see nine hundred fifty k, and then it's like oh, seven point two million dollars. Like, come on. It might You're have been a case where it balanced the the money yeah. in versus money. But yeah, because I know they're maybe, like, maybe. really tight. But, like here's here's how I <laughs> broke up the the trade. I broke it up in two two separate trades i broke it up the bad contracts for the bad contracts so like uh yeah. beagle you trade three players for... you trade three players that have bad contracts for one year for a, a player that has a bad contract for i think like f- six more seasons yeah six six years at 7.2 whatever the hell it is yeah and then there's the ninth overall pick for the rights to Connor Garland, which i'm fine with because i don't think the guys that we would have picked or we wanted to pick would have fallen that far to nine. Like I saw, like we wanted like all of like the elite wingers in this draft class and all of them went in top six. So like we wouldn't have even had our right winger of the future. So we got our right winger of the future in Connor Garland. He's only 25 years old and he's only making like 4.95. Yeah. 4.95 million for the next five seasons. He'll be 30 by the time that contract's over. So he'll do you already, think, do you think they're, Substituting like Garland as like, hey, we missed out on Toffoli because yes. we didn't give Toffoli any money. So yes. like, hey, we're just gonna one hundred Connor Garland in there and be like, one hundred percent. That is exactly when I saw Connor Garland in that trade. I'm like, there's our Tyler Toffoli replacement. There's Jim Benning making that, up for not that Garland is better than Toffoli. Oh, he is. Yeah. I think he is because I think they're Toffoli, just two different players. Toffoli is like a pure goal scorer, sniper. pure sniper. yeah sniper, and then Garland is more of like the guy that can do everything. Like he's not really really good defensively but he's also not a liability defensively like he can he can back check he can play in his own end i don't know if he can penalty kill i haven't really watched him much in arizona the one thing he can't do yeah like i'm pretty sure that's a helmet yeah he and like he's a small guy he's like five eight but he could be like hoaglander he's a small guy that grinds in in the four check and then scores like those greasy goals and then he'll have like a really nice goal every once in a while so like, I think he'll fit really well with Horvat and either Hogan or Pearson on that second line. I think we have a very, very good top nine now with the Garland contract trade, whatever you want to call it, and then like the Jason Dickinson signing, which I, I don't even think I had in my, in my, in my list. Yeah, I didn't. But I you didn't know who he was. Well, sure. I didn't know who he was until I looked him up, and everyone said he's a great defensive center that is really good at face. I was like, holy crap, that seems like a trend over the last few seasons of uh, signing centers. Oh, they're really good at defense, and they can win face-offs. It's their job. The Sutter. Like who, who can, who can Sutter, recreate Bertrand? Beagle, yeah, Selkie winner of the last 40 years. Jesus. But yeah, I think what will determine... Like, I don't really think there is a winner or loser in this trade. I think both teams lose, to be honest. Because, like, <laughs> I think in the short term, the 
the Coyotes lose for this season because they have those really bad contracts, but it's only for one season, and they got the ninth overall pick. I don't even remember who they drafted. They drafted, um, I don't remember who they drafted with ninth overall. I didn't check. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Was it, it wasn't Genther, was it? Or did they draft Genther? Uh, let me just take a look here. I'll keep, keep talking. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, and then the Canucks are the losers in the long term because... They're stuck like, with that contract. They're stuck with the contract until I think he's 36. So I think he's 30 now and there's six years left on his contract. Yeah, he's 30 now and there's six years left on his contract. So it'll be 36. How good is he going to be in the final, like, even three years of his contract? Like, it's such a long term for a guy who's already in his 30s. Like, I know he just turned 30, but he's already in his 30s and he plays um a position where his body's gonna get banged a lot on defense and he's also like he's not a shot blocker but he also but he's gonna need to do that with the canucks especially with their new assistant coach brad shaw who's like a defensive coach which i think brad shaw's gonna help with uh the defense as a whole but specifically with oel because oel is an offensive minded player but he's also gonna have to play defense at times and not just oh i'm just gonna stand in front of the net and cross check the guy that's in front of the net he's gonna have to actually play defense so i think time will tell how this trade is gonna look for vancouver it's either gonna look really really good if Oliver reckman larson can get back to like his days of like four or five years ago when he wasn't horrible but i still i love that we got Garland. I think he's going to be great for us for the next five years if we keep him for the five years. But I think long-term, we're just stuck with his contract unless he retires or he's LTIR, like with Furland. Mm. Um, he, said but, he, he said he might not play ever again. And it was Gunther, by the way. Yeah, it was Gunther. Okay, yeah. that's, who, that's who I would have liked Vancouver to draft with the ninth overall pick. But how long until he was NHL-ready like Garland is? I think it would, I think it would be a while. And we needed... What, what a... Sorry, continue. Well, we we needed a winger. We needed a specifically a right winger to replace what Tyler Toffoli left us last year, and he scored like eleven goals against us last year. So that was a that was a little shot in the back. But yeah, what would you all? What would you overall grade what they've uh, done so far? It's just rough. Uh, just like the off season in general. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The last couple of days, and then yeah, it's basically just all happened in the last couple of days, anyways. Um. Well, I'm going to go all the way back to, like, before the expansion draft, like, to getting Jason Dickinson for a third. And then, like, them losing Coland. I really didn't want to lose Coland, but nobody else was going to pick anybody else, like McEwen or Holpe or any other young guys. I think Coland was the pick, no matter what. So I was like, eh, okay, I'm fine with him going. But overall, like, if I had to give, like, a grade, like, letter grade, overall, I would probably say, like, a B-. minus. To be honest, that's what I would say too. Yeah, like I was gonna say C plus or B minus. Yes, B minus. Like there, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. There were some bad signings. There were some good signings. I think that big trade is still, like I would put that trade as like an N A, like like or like a or like a yeah to be determined because like we don't know how well OEL is gonna play because he didn't play up to his standards the last three seasons because he didn't want to be in Arizona anymore and there was a big disconnect from him and the management. And then we also don't know how well Connor Garland's going to fit in, but I think he'll fit in perfectly. But that's just my opinion before training camp even starts. But yeah, B minus. I think it could have gone better, could have gone worse, <laughs> kind of thing. So. All right. <laughs> so we will move on to 
Edmonton Oilers after our Canucks podcast uh, concludes. That's <laughs> um, part one. Yeah, yeah, part one. So part two is the Oilers, which there is so much fun going on oh, this, this team. Dylan, okay. kick us off of what every 15 minutes you change your mind on every single trade you're telling me. <laughs> okay, so just to like preface... I know that you guys going into this podcast were just going to shit on everything they did. So I'm going to try and play devil's advocate and optimist throughout this discussion. Good. All right. Let's hear it. Because I know they made some questionable choices, but. Very always... questionable. Questionable. Okay. Some, uh... All right. So the. I guess if we go way back, I think before the last podcast or after the last podcast, um, Adam Larson not resigned um, oh yeah and i think there and was a lot of assumption within the organization that he would stick around um, but he goes to seattle which i mean that was kind of that threw a wrench into i think the entire off-season plan yeah sorry because, did you say plan yeah make a new plan make a new plan okay <laughs> Uh, because I think they were assuming that he was basically going to be penciled in there as the the number two right D like shutdown guy for the next probably four years. Four years. Like yeah. I think they offered him the exact same contract, even a little more. Um, they might have offered him like four and a half. Um, but I mean, I can't fault the guy for like. There's nothing you can do if he wants to leave. Then that's on him. Maybe it's a little bit warmer there, more time. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't want to play in. Canada, well, they, I, guess. I don't really want to I talk about a, that. But. Elliot Friedman said that like um he took like a lot of heat, I think, in the city. Oh, really? The one for one memes and like oh, yeah, the, all the pressure Hall of thing, kind yeah. of being the Taylor Hall replacement. And I, I mean think, you, you also hear that with like Ryan Whitney when he was like, Oh man, you go to the grocery store and like yeah. people are like throwing stuff at you. And, and like Adam Larson doesn't come across as the kind of guy to be like like he's not an attention guy. Like he's no so maybe Far from it. to kind of go somewhere where maybe it's a little quieter. But so yeah, that was kind of the the trigger of all these bonehead moves. <laughs> yeah, I guess boneheaded moves. Um, so then um, in the expansion draft. So that kind of, I guess, the benefit of that is they didn't lose a player under contract. But I mean, I would happily lose Tyler Benson or um, Cassian or something. I wish they, they had like, like Ron Francis didn't <laughs> seem to take any deals, but I'm like, I would have happily paid like a, a second or third round pick package that with Cassian in order to take that contract away. But yeah. I don't know. yeah. In order for them not to take uh, Larson. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that would have been said, smart. They said they had discussions with Larson like at the beginning of the season in like January. And there was some good back and forth. And then they put it on pause for a while. At the end of the season, it was like, so at that contract. And it was like, yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure something out. And then I guess they were like super close. And then it was kind of in the last minute, Seattle came in and like swooped them up. And so yeah, I think it they... left, yeah, I think it left them kind of panicking a little bit. Sorry, I just want to pause for a second. That expansion draft that they put on TV was the worst was, thing I've ever watched. That in my was life. so boring. I literally was like, okay, people, I am 
busy for the next hour and a half. I want to watch the expansion draft. I did not watch Vegas because I didn't. I wasn't as into hockey as I am now with the look like the amount of time that I have right now. So nobody text me, nobody call me, nobody do anything. I'm watching this draft, and then like every the every single pick got leaked. Like what <laughs> the morning of, and I'm like, Derek oh, this is, a, this, this is a this is a joke now. Literally everyone that was like. Everyone that got leaked, they got picked in that, in that same pick. The only ones that nobody knew about was like Detroit and Columbus. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. Everybody else was already leaked. I'm like, oh, well, what the hell's the point of watching? And, me and, and there was no point. And, and then, then, watching, then watching that <laughs> and watching this guy that, okay, yeah, I know they just signed that deal with ESPN. <laughs> and, you know, you got Dominic Moore on there that played, I don't know how many seasons he played. He played over 10. Yeah. Sure. Um, who's a decent analyst, but again, like, okay, ben, okay. Ben, you and I were texting throughout oh the goodness. entire thing, and we were just like, laughing. This guy, oh. and then they they take the guy from College Game Day, yeah, and make him as the host, and he's just chirping every single NHL team. He's like, yeah, because you know, like, you know, they haven't done really good. They're actually pretty terrible last year in the last like yeah, ten seasons. Yeah, and I'm talking like, about like Buffalo and the Coyotes. Even the Leafs too. I was like, "Yeah, I know." Like, you stop rubbing it in there. I get it. And yeah, we 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 rub it in ourselves, let alone everybody else. Yeah, we don't need somebody else to say. It. <laughs> you know it. And also calling what? the Hurricanes the Panthers. Okay, sorry, sorry. One baseball thing: Anthony Rizzo just got traded to the Yankees. Oh, Jesus! That team. Okay, that's the only money baseball talks thing. in that league, though. Money, money talks in that league. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah, the only so, thing I'm talking about. Baseball that just literally just popped up when we finished. Had to say it. that was that's crazy. But okay, anyway, back to okay. hockey. This is a hockey podcast. This isn't baseball. Anyway, yeah, that that expansion draft. Me and Ben were literally just talking throughout the entire draft, and we were just like, these guys are like trying so hard to be funny, but it's not working at all. I think I think the one th- the last thing I was talking about it with it was, I think they asked Jordan Eberle. Um. It was Dominic Moore, and he said, "Well, how does it feel to be on this expansion team?" He's like, "Well, I didn't have a choice." Yeah. So, um, he kind of said what he, he like, said what he needed uh, to you know, say. I mean, I'd rather be on the team that I just went to back-to-back conference finals with and almost made the Stanley Cup final. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, whatever. I'll take the deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Lou, Lou left me exposed, so I have to go. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't take Josh Bailey, though. To be honest. I mean, he's a good player, but they're both, they're both good players. For me, it was a flip of a coin between those two. But yeah. I, I want to get back to Edmonton because I want to ask Dylan, who, what do you think your D pairing is going to be? Because like now that Larson is in there, who's going to slot in in his place? Yeah, so um, <laughs> they signed Cody Cece as the, uh, I guess, the, yeah, yeah. the right-handed um, replacement. Um, I mean, I'll be totally honest. I watched year in Pittsburgh, so I don't know. From what what I've read, he actually had a pretty good year. He played fewer minutes than he's playing in Toronto. Um, and he was actually pretty reliable. So, all I know about him is just Toronto radio trashing him every morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he was terrible here, but like yeah, mostly, like, we could say that with Tyson Berry as well. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess that's the plan: is like turn into the 2019 Maple Leafs. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're getting, you're getting them. You got, you got the forwards. You got the D. So, um, you're gonna take next. Yeah. So Cody CC four years, three point two five. Um, 
I mean, the AAV to me is is what it is. Like for a guy playing the second or third pairing, like to me that's average. But four years is yeah, that's a little. It's a little long. Um, but I'll get to. Do that. you think? It, do you think it's because of like because they wanted to sign a defenseman two four years? But to like like because uh, of Larson, because it seemed like that was like the decent the decent deal I guess that they wanted to sign him with. Yeah, I'll get to the four year thing in a because I think there's a reason behind it. Um, so I guess I'm just kind of going in order. Um, at the draft, they they had the they had the twentieth pick. Oh, Technically, the nineteenth selection of the twentieth pick because Arizona had to sacrifice theirs. Um, yeah. I personally was really, really hoping they'd get one of the two goalies, uh, Jesper Wallstad yeah. or Sebastian Casa, because Wallstead. the Oilers, yeah, the Oilers goalie prospect pipeline, like there's a few in there, but there's nobody with that like pedigree that those mm-hmm. ones have. Um, so as soon as I saw them trade down, I knew they obviously weren't taking a goalie. So that was disappointing. Um, I remember. I remember you texting me, being like, "Why? Why did they just do that?" He's like, "I might have to like not like this. I, yeah. I, I might have to turn off the TV because this." Pretty much every mock draft that I looked at had us taking, Wallstead had us or, taking or Casa, Casa because they expected Wallstad to go a lot earlier yeah, like, than he did. Yeah, they they expected Wallstad to go like top ten. Yeah, Casa went. Casa went earlier, didn't he? He went. Yeah, to, Iserman yeah. took him. They oh, traded up. Of course, the traded up to like thirteen, I think. Yeah, I'm I mean, surprised. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't take Wallstead. I, th- I think Wallstead's a better goalie. Uh, again, such a t- tough time right now to decide whether they're going to be good or whatever. You know what I mean? Because like the Leafs have Ian Scott, and that guy's never even going to play a, probably a game for even another more like three years. Yeah. And he was like touted as one of the best goalie prospects and blah blah. So uh, I don't know. Goalies are really, really tough to pick, especially in the first round. Yeah. Um, I mean, Marc Andre Fleury turned out to be a good one, but well, he was the number one overall pick. I mean, come on, you can't go wrong. Yeah, with even they after were that comparing, whole stuff, uh, junior stuff, um, Casa because Casa is really big. They're comparing him to Vasilevsky. Oh yeah, that, that, that kid is and never. Coincidentally, Eiserman drafts him, so that kid is never going to be Vasilevsky. Uh, I don't know. You, you never really know, but that yeah. that draft, Sam Costantino, it could be the next draft, Pierre Maguire. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know so much about that. I I knew he did because he's always, you know, since living in Canada and watching like the the Super Series or stuff like that when the Russians come over. Um, yeah, he's always been in the junior scene and he's a very good analyst when it comes to um, the OHLs, like the CHL in general. That was really good. Yeah, so the Oilers ended up taking um, um, a guy named um, Xavier Borgio. Yeah, place for Schmidt in the Quebec League. Pretty much everything that I've seen about this pick is kind of like, yeah, okay, like yeah, like not a terrible pick, but like yeah, okay, Bye. like um, from what I've read, he's like a dynamic offensive guy, um, which they don't really have a lot of in the prospect pool. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I honestly I don't know anything about the kid, so. I like snowballs rolling. Years, I didn't follow the draft stuff leading up to this one at all. Like usually I'm yeah. I'm following kind of the top 30 this one it was like 
Whatever. I mean, the next one, the next one's gonna have Shane Wright in it, so we definitely know that one's gonna be a yeah, that one oh, yeah. a good one. And then the year after that one, it's uh, Bedard. Oh. Yeah, that oh the, that season, <sighs> that season is gonna be tanking for Bedard. That kid is both of them, both like right, right as well. Yeah, yeah but right. Bedard is oh, Bedard, Bedard is. was Bedard is fifteen or sixteen years old, and he's lighting up whatever league he's in, and he lit it up Played for a... Canada at the under 18s Did he play for Brandon last year? Uh, I have no idea. Or Regina or something like that. He played in the CHL last year, didn't he? Or am I thinking of Shane Wright? Oh, I know. No, Shane Wright definitely played last year, but um, I think Bedard I think plays for the Pats. Ah, oh, the Pats. Oh, yeah. I was going yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so, to say Regina. So I I remember we were talking before we recorded, and I believe uh, Dylan, you said that you you hope that Evan Bouchard is with Darnell Nurse on the top line, and then like either CC uh, or Barry's the second pair. Yeah, so basically the group there, you've got Darnell Nurse who established himself as as a number one, at least last year. Um, he looked yeah, really, sure. really good. Um, like exactly as advertised type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they, they re-signed Tyson Berry. Honestly, not a bad contract. Three years. Um, I think four and a half. Um, I'm really glad they didn't go long-term on uh, that's the scariest part. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, they could have. They could have done like a five-year deal. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think a three-year deal, four point five, is is fine for Barry. Like he didn't play poorly last year. I think he played decently. No, well. like, no, he, he was. He, he led everybody the slipped league on him. In yeah. yeah. Points. Yeah, like, he led the league in points for a defenseman. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And you see the arguments of like, well, he played with Connor and Leon. It's like, well, then why didn't Nurse do it? Why didn't, um, you know. Why didn't Chris yeah, Wilson another? Do? Yeah, why didn't somebody else do it? I, <laughs> sorry, Ethan Bear. Why didn't Ethan Bear do it? Oh, yeah. there's another. Oh, sorry, yes. I'm so, just I'm trying not to pull on his heartstrings too hard. I guess like <laughs> with the Oilers, like defense. So yeah, you have those two, and then after that, it gets a little um, confusing. It's like <laughs> or, it's like, well, it's like would Keith not be second pair D? Keith, I think, will be the second second, second left, left hand. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then it's either Barry the or Cease. I think they brought in CC hoping that um, Bouchard can kind of establish himself as more of a middle pairing guy. Because he, he played, I think, in maybe 15 games or so last year, and he looked all right. But the thing that was always said is, well, he's going to play behind Barry. Like, Barry is the, the power play quarterback, the offensive specialist, which is also what Bouchard mm-hmm. kind of does. And so I think there's a little bit of... Um, worry in that, like, who's going to be getting all those power play minutes? Because Bouchard really should be getting the bulk of them. But if Barry's not getting them, then what else is he doing? He's just there. He, he's yeah. just he's just there, looking good. Um, like, hey, kid, watch this, and then they just go do something stupid. I mean, like, it is good, I think, for Bouchard to like watch how Barry operates on the power play, but not. Not for too long, so then he can't like. So then, like Bouchard can't do it himself, kind of thing. Yeah. Like no, Bouchard, year, like he has a great first pass. Like yeah, just already, like after just a handful of NHL games, his first pass is really good. I mean, he has a really hard shot. It's more the like decision making and like awareness, like situational awareness in his mm-hmm. defensive end that. Right. I think it comes with experience. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah, exactly. 
Um, so then on the bottom pairing, you've got, I guess, Chris Russell, maybe um, Lagason. I guess those two could kind of fight for third pairing guy. And then Evan Bouchard, I'm assuming, is the last right-handed defenseman. Um, so you tell us what happened that, to the rest of your defense? Yeah, so in doing that, I really don't understand this justification. But the justification behind this was we don't want to have four right-handed defensemen who can all play in the lineup. So okay. they traded Ethan Bear to Carolina for honestly, like my apologies, but like the worst name in the NHL, <laughs> Warren Fogle. <laughs> so we got McLovin. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh god! I mean, yeah, but Fogle—he is an RFA, so you do need to sign him. He's twenty-five. Yeah. He's a—he is a good. By like, all accounts, depth. he's a really good third line guy like yeah he's a good he's a big winger. guy um he kind of fits i think the theme that i sensed with their signings was at least up front was like size and work ethic and i think um uh fogel brings that like i honestly i had never heard of the guy until this oh, that's fair i've um, he's a uh, the third on, line player on carolina well, i've heard of him before like I, I think it was in their not last year's cup, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, but the twenty, the twenty nineteen or the the bubble playoffs. I'm pretty sure he had like a good run with Carolina, like when they were like the the Cinderella story team. I'm pretty sure he had like yeah. a good run of like games where he had points in like, uh, like like five or six games in a row. Um, in 2018-2019 playoffs, he played 15 games. He had nine points. He had five goals and four assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was that playoff run, and that was like the only time I heard of him. Like, oh damn, like this guy, this guy. Seems, rolling. Yeah, he seems like a good depth winger. Like he, I'm pretty sure he was also third line winger in Carolina, unless yeah. he got bumped up to second line when he was when they were in the playoffs and he was playing well. But no, I think. Like, yeah, you lose Ethan Bear, and he's, like, a good young defenseman that could develop into, a, a, like, a top-pairing defenseman. But I think it's not like you didn't get nothing in return. Like you got no, a, they got a, fair value, I think. Yeah, you got a good depth uh, winger, which is something that you guys needed. Yeah, like they opinion. have a guy now they can play on the third line who I think could bump up to the second line if need be. Right, like he could kind of bounce in around the middle six, and yeah. it's finally it's like a legitimate third line guy who's not a mix of like Alex Chason or Jujar Kara. Um, he did not Yakeem qualify. Nygaard. Or yeah, he did not qualify. Yeah, these like fringe fourth line. Tobias Reader. Yeah, like they have some <laughs> legitimate depth now. I, I can keep going if you want me to keep going. <laughs> well, this is what I'm trying to say: is they have they have a legitimate but, third line now. Well, here's what I'm looking at: just with like money and like guys, you still need to sign. Cause you need to sign Fogel and uh, Yamamoto. You only yeah. have one. At least what I'm seeing is you only have 1.2 million in cap space right now, unless um, unless like a Clefbaum's contract. That doesn't include the Clefbaum LTI. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't include Clefbaum's contract. Also, so, also you're looking at getting rid of Koskinen. Yeah, Koskinen, so that, Koskinen so that wants four and a half. Yeah, I think 
if they can move Koskinen, they'll do it. There's apparently interest from like I would assume Buffalo's interested because they have like. Uh, I mean, they do. They didn't. They just trade for two goalies, or they signed two. They like, signed Craig Anderson items. and they uh, signed Anderson and uh, Aaron uh, Yeah, like, but, but like, do they really think Craig Anderson's gonna stay healthy all season? I don't really think so. Uh, this so, is Buffalo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They lost both. So, like, goalies. I think there's team, especially if the Oilers could retain like a couple million. Like, yeah. Koskinen at two point five is not. That's not horrible. That's not bad at all. Like, but but Costco yeah. at four point five. That's horrible. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we we all know where it came from. We all know that it's not going to go away until yeah. it's either traded it expires or... this year. So... Yeah, yeah, it does expire this year. But yeah. continue on your on your yeah. Edmonton so, um, Ethan Bear moved. <laughs> Honestly, like, like I've seen Taylor Hall get traded. I've seen Jordan Everly get traded. I saw Ryan Smith get traded back in the day. <laughs> Like, I saw Chris Pronger get traded, who was probably my favorite player. Oh, God. Um, this one, that. like, this one was so sad to me, not because, like, not because they necessarily lost the trade, just because, like, this is a kid they drafted, I think, in the fifth round in, like, 2015. He's grown slowly through the system, and he's just, if it, if you watch him play, if you watch, like, his interviews and stuff, like, it's impossible not to root for the kid. Like he's just a solid kid. Works really, really hard. Um, but I think ultimately, I think he's a little undersized. I don't think he can become a top pair guy. I just don't fast. He's like 5'11", like 180, like average build. And he's really slow. Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you think it had anything to do with like the playoffs? Last year as well, like oh, yeah. So he was kind of fair. benched at the, I think in that last overtime, yeah. in game four. Um, but yeah, he's like he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have the best shot. He has a good pass. Um, generally, pretty smart plays. But I think it's just, I don't know. Maybe he's just not good enough. I think. I mean, as an Oilers fan, I think I probably over little much myself but um, well, that's just the point of being a fan right yeah but i mean it's tough he was the last couple of years he's been one of my favorites on the team so it was tough to lose a guy like that i think um, they just want you just to you know keep feeling bad because they're like oh you like that player now yes well especially for the reason like we don't want to have too many right-handed defenders. I'm like, that's, that's the dumbest reason I think I've ever heard because all oh, the the right-handed D market is like a lucrative thing and we have to sell all of these right-handed D's because you know they're going for a <laughs> nice penny right well, now. Right Justin Hall, wink, wink. You're such a hey, hey. We were right. Me and Dylan were right. So you can yeah, just we were right on Justin Hall. <laughs> you can shut your mouth. Do not <laughs> say hey, anything. Hey, about that. I will. I will concede. Yeah, you, you better. Oh no! Why would we sign? <laughs> Blah blah blah, and then not. Oh, I'm I'm just more mad that McCann that he walked after four days. But we'll get in the Leafs well, after this. Let's continue. They traded here. him for nothing. Who I, cares? I, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll try and I'll try and do the Oilers no, no. thing. Quickly. Take take your time. Um, he had his time. <laughs> I had more stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's like, way more. I had like yeah. I had like ten different signings and trades to talk about. <laughs> okay, and me I, and Dylan are gonna go in like ten minutes. Like, oh I yeah, these are the short for the irrelevant ones, I or the not not so important ones, I kept it as short as I could. But yeah, anyway, anyway, Oilers defense. So, yes, yeah, so they lose Ethan Barrett. So the defense is 
is like you saw the J Fresh analytics yeah. thing. The war, the war is not the. Oh, that guy can. Chat. That guy's a dick, anyway. <laughs> but, but today he released one like saying like after adding all the war to like all the teams and where they'd be ranked per division. The Oilers were were third, I believe. Or they were tied with Seattle and Calgary. Yeah. So it's because you got Connor Most, McDavid dragging yeah. right up there, right? So, I think he, and, and he put the Oilers' defense at 31 and the offense at 6. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I mean. Holy, that seems a little bit... But of, that's what I mean. I think it's his... Yeah, it's, it's all he's his an idiot. Thing, so that's, <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, the decor... Probably messages us. The decor... Oh, that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. Get him on the podcast. We'd rip him. Um, but <laughs> the, the, was the, what was that ranking based off of just based off war? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, last season. You cannot base your decor off war. That's ridiculous. I'm just saying like Darnell nurse is like, isn't he like the only player that has a positive war in like the top six, like the projected top six. Um, Evan Bouchard did too, but like, he's only played like his yeah, size is so little that with, I don't think you can really. Well, Make you can't. You can't make judgment. A, yeah, I should have said Darnell Nurse was the only positive, like the only plus WAR player that's actually played enough games to actually warrant that. To it was matter. more so that Tyson Berry's WAR drags the rest of it down. Tyson Berry's WAR was like one of the league's worst. Like I think he he lists him as the league's worst defensive skilled defenseman. Well, I mean, he's not there to stop goals. He's there to score goals or at least put up points. So, like, what do you expect from a guy who's an offensive defenseman? Obviously, he's not going to be great at defense, even though he's a defenseman. But the, it, that does that shouldn't really matter for Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is not known as a defensive player. Yeah, I think the fear is him playing top line minutes again. Like he's he's he was good enough playing the top pairing, but I think I don't know getting into the playoffs again next year, like. Like once they went against Winnipeg in that first round, he was moved to like the third pairing. Like he was, he was only play, he was out there power plays and like the odd shift here and there. Mm-hmm. So obviously they don't have as much trust in him in those like pressure situations. But apparently it was like I don't know if they were not going to resign him and then call. We're like, hey, we want Tyson Berry back. And so they resigned him. So <laughs> obviously, there's some pull from the, the stars there. Um, right. And moving on, they they signed Zach Hyman, the biggest. Ooh. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> hey man, he's a great player. Yeah. Everything that like, I've watched a handful of Leafs games over the last few. <laughs> but everything that I've seen from Leafs fans, they miss this guy already. I miss him already. I was going to buy a jersey with him this on guy, it this year, last past year. They say he's the hardest working guy out there every single shift. He's puck hungry. Like he's, oh, he's, to me, I think he might be the perfect piece for Connor McDavid to complement oh, yeah. our speed. 100%. You, he will go in the in corner there. and yeah. get every single puck out. Yeah. So the term is like it's a seven year, five and a half. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to stomach. That, but that 29. The money, I think, is perfect. Like it's it's not too much for the kind of player that he is. I just think that seven years is a is a little scary for me, just because like he already got injured last year and he missed how many games did he miss? Ben like missed uh, two weeks. 
Oh, you only missed two weeks? I thought he missed more than that. Two, two, two weeks or three weeks. It wasn't very long. It was just they kept him out precaution I just think, by the end of it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I just think the way he plays, like that hard-nosed, gritty, forechecking, go into the corner, grind to get yeah. the puck, and then it's kick risky. it out to... It's very risky, especially with the age he is right now. Like he's twenty nine, he's seven year contract, so he'll be thirty six by the time that's over. What's what's he gonna look like as a player when he's like thirty three or thirty two even? Like is yeah, that's that's when you that's so when you get rid of him, right? I mentioned before or, about the four year thing, and I think like they signed a max term, like the seven year thing, because that brings the AAV down. Otherwise, you're yeah. signing him to four years at like. Seven million or something really stupid. No, okay, fair enough. And you look Connor's, at that with like the Nuge contract as well. Yeah, like they sign eight years. It's the exact and, same thing. Yeah, yeah. you sign Connor's him for long term. Is up in five years, I think. And Drysaddle is up in four years. And yeah. then Nurse is up next year, but he's. I guess they're trying on resigning him to a four year extension, so that leaves them with basically four years, four to five year window. So yeah. I think the idea is like. If we don't have it done in like whatever four years, I don't see why Leon stays. I don't see why Connor stays. I don't see why Nurse stays. So it's kind of I think the justification maybe is like if we have to have um, Zach Hyman on the books at five and a half for a few more years after they leave, what does it matter? This team is going to look like like it's going to be gonna, you're going to blow it up. Yeah, it's going to be blown up. So, like, you can kind of eat that for at least a couple of years. So, I think that's kind of the idea behind those really long, like the the long Nuge contract and the Hyman contract. Keep the AAVs down low, so that they have more to work with in the next three four years to try and get something in that window they still have. With even if they retain Connor and Leon at the end of those contracts, those are both going to be like fifteen million dollar deals like yeah i mean yeah like yeah. i don't know if you'll be able to hold on to both at the end no i so, think yeah it's... they're def- if they're gonna if they're not gonna get rid of both of them or not sign both of them they're gonna obviously have to pick one and i fucking i hope they pick mcdavid but even, if they trade, David, even if they trade one or both the haul they can get oh my god oh. it'd be like the gretzky trade it'd all over be exactly like the gretzky trade. this would be like <laughs> stupid amount of money like just Double or triple the amount of money. Like if, I don't even oh think you're allowed God. to do. Anymore. I don't even want to like think about it. But if you're trading, no. con- asking for like, probably three first round picks, at least probably five. I give him like five. Yeah, yeah really. Like, probably like an A tier prospect. Yeah. And like, then I, could, like, I can't even picture a couple it. roster players who are like, yeah, like, when, like top, top your top players. your top three players on your team. Like, when, yeah, like, give us a line. Yeah, like give when your second top line, line or yeah. give, me, give me your entire first line. I don't care what the money is. Like just, and then give me three first round picks and like your top prospect. I don't care what position he is. You can you imagine if they did this like they did the Gretzky trade now? Oh my right? god! It, 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 like McDavid is Gretzky. Yeah, and they just gave him like hey, here's fifteen million dollars. Yeah, well, that would mean that the Oilers <laughs> they just gave him fifteen million dollars. I would mean that Oilers would have to win like the next four cups in order for that to happen. Because like the yeah, whole, yeah. the whole reason why, like other than Gretzky being like the best player in the world at the time, like undoubtedly the best player of the world, they also won four cups before then. And then 
they traded him, and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? You just traded the best player, and you just won, like, four of the last, like, what was it, like, four of the last six or seven yeah. Stanley Cups? Four I know they won. Five. Four of the five, four yeah. Five. Yeah. yeah, four out of five. Like, oh, he didn't they win. won the year after he was traded. Yeah, which really but wasn't they were that broke. big of a deal. Yeah, they were yeah. they were so broke. I I remember listening to the whole like the almost hour long Steve Dangle like trade tree on that, and he yeah, went I remember in watching that too. Old depth of like why they traded Gretzky and like they were broke and they couldn't sign him, and then so they just traded him for fifteen million dollars. Like, what was it? Three first round picks and then three uh, players. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if that happened now, like if Connor McDavid got traded for like thirty million dollars, like say double the fifteen, and then three first round picks and three like decent, like above average NHL players, the, that would that would be crazy. Like what team would do that? I well, like it, I mean, if we're gonna say anything about trading very, very good players <laughs> for nothing, we can talk about another person that got traded for nothing. But well, let well, me just wrap I mean, up the Oilers. In the yeah, way. I was going to say, we'll, we'll talk about Edmonton for a little bit more. So the last two things they did, um, they signed Derek Ryan to a really cheap contract. I think it was like two years, 1.25 per. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, two years, 1.25. He only had two goals in Calgary last year, but this guy's like, he's a face-off guy. So again, he kind of rounds out that third line. Um, like... I said it before. He's a good player. When he's on the ice, he's a good yeah, player. That's, like that's finally, nice. they have some legitimate, I guess, scoring threat on that that third line, which was their biggest issue. Like in the playoffs, their biggest issue was that unless Connor and Leon were on the ice, nobody could score. And yeah. now, like now, I'd argue that they have maybe after Colorado and maybe Vegas in the West. Like I don't know what other team can match them offensively. Oh, yeah, I, 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 whoa, 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 what about, what about Vancouver? There. What about the lotto line? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, unless I you have unless you have a Connor McDavid and a Leon Draisaitl, you can't really... Hey, we got Pedersen. He's like the best player in the world. <laughs> yes, only if he's not injured. So. Yeah, I still don't understand his injury, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, like, to me, they... I think the, the mission after the playoffs was okay we need more toughness and size and like puck possession skill in the and secondary scoring in the offense and they did that but i guess it's like at what cost <laughs> at what cost yeah so that's I a mean, great I'm, deal I'm, st- I'm disappointed too that they didn't address the goalie thing yet i'm kind of hoping that maybe there's something with gorgiev that they can work out it's basically, um, it's basically just if he wants to come to Canada. That's the issue. Well, I mean, I don't think he really has any say. He said if he's getting trade traded. Him. No, yeah. Um, unless there is like unless he's able to put a list in, which I don't think he's. Able I don't to think he has in, any so. any um, movement clause entitlement to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else are you going to give up yeah. for him? That's the issue. Well, apparently they're interested in Cassian. Take him. So like, yeah. if they <laughs> take him, Cassian with like a, a draft pick. I don't know. I mean, yeah. for a yeah. starter, yeah. Like, the thing is, to, the they have to move Koskinen in order to make that move. So unless, if New York wants Koskinen, then that's take him easier. Him. But otherwise, they'd have to find, like, a preliminary deal, get rid of Koskinen, and then bring in Gorgiev. I think so, they could take him and bury him, to be honest, if they really needed to. Yeah, like, I think there's something out there. He's not, 
<laughs> he's not as bad as. No, he's just like, like a six foot five goalie that doesn't go like doesn't yeah. stand up. He never moves his glove. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like stapled to his shoulder. It's like stapled to his side. Um, yeah, like overall, I think I'd give them. I think I'd give them like a C. I think they addressed the the needs, which were we need more depth up front, and we mm-hmm. need we needed somebody to play with Connor. They got that. Um, they needed a bit more size and toughness. But players with like legitimate skill, like not Alex Chason or something, and they did that. But um, the goaltending is the exact same. You're again relying on 40 year old Mike Smith, which is, <laughs> I mean, he was fantastic last year. But I mean, he's, you do not give him a multi year deal. Well, yeah, you do I not mean, give a 40 year old a multi year deal. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And then uh, the defense. I mean, yeah. I swear to God, if I see Keith just and kind of piece together. CC together out there, I'm gonna throw something on my TV. Like if, if CC plays like Pittsburgh CC and Keith plays like, like 2010 is as Chicago Blackhawks as people make him out to be. Like he was playing top pairing minutes in Chicago last year with because they didn't have anybody. Yeah, I was yeah gonna exactly. Say, had nobody. So if you have Keith now playing instead of playing 23 minutes a night, he's playing 18 16, minutes a night. Yeah. Yeah, then I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when it comes yeah, to that. We'll see. I think that's really what it like. It remains to be seen with the Oilers. I mean, I mean Evan Bouchard is going to know how to use uh, his stick with two hands after he learns from Keith. There, <laughs> he he swings that stick pretty good. I've seen that. Oh. Yeah, the Rangers have fifteen million dollars in cap space, by the way. So oh, I mean, so if they, they if they could take they could take Koskinen or uh, or Cassian. Cassian. I was like, they apparently the, want the Cassian because. Um, oh yeah, because because Bucinavich left, and he's you know well, the they toughest got pushed guy. Around <laughs> by Tom Wilson, so they're like, we need a tough guy. It's like take him. Yeah. yeah, he'll beat some kid's face in. They'll let you know. But only a Kachuk. Only yeah. We'll just like, like they'll they'll be skating around the ice, and somebody just grabs a nameplate of Kachuk and smacks it on the back of Wilson, and then you, you know just see you just is... see Cassian with the fire in his eyes, and those like Ben, you have them behind you. Those Mike. Nugent Arts, yep. like the guy who paints. So I bought one last year, and it's basically the backs of players like standing at the blue line during like O Canada or whatever. And it's Ethan Bear, Palm, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Kyler <laughs> Young. And I'm like, man, just like cross it off. <laughs> yeah, like that's part of it. Like the defense looks like trash, but like their top pairing from two years ago is literally, and there's nothing we could do about. <laughs> like Oscar Clefbaum is hurt for like he is probably going to retire again. Yeah, he might not yeah. come back either. So like so I mean, what a, can what you just like hand. cut it? You just cut it and then just like get a smaller frame and then I guess that's I don't want to cut them out. Okay, well my my leaf my leap breakdown is going to be pretty quick. Sorry. <laughs> just to let you know. Um that was good talk. I, I enjoy those two teams, hearing about these two teams, because, you know, at least they're just... Like Steve Dangle said, if there was, like, a line, like, like for, like, Limbo, like we're going underneath that line, like, way... Like, we're, we're going right underneath it, because there's really nothing happening. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we signed Peter Morazic. That's a good... That's a good trade. 
Actually, I really like that signing for Toronto. Yeah. yeah. We got we got rid of Anderson. We basically just switched goalies, but they're both free agents, which is or RFA. It was really weird. Um, That's what the Oilers and, did with Cam Talbot and Mike Smith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got Michael Bunting because he plays for the Sioux Greyhounds, or did play for the Sioux Greyhounds, because Kyle Dubas loves his players, and he will never not pick a guy that's played for the Sioux, or he apparently he found him in double-A. Michael Bunting, and uh, got a good liking with him and, you know, Blossom has a good relationship. So we got him. He's signed two years for uh, uh, 950000 I think it was. But it's tentative right now. They haven't really agreed on it yet. Um, David Kampf. <laughs> okay, whoa. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Uh, he's actually good. He scored a goal last year. Yeah, who did he he's play not, with He's last not year? Philip Deneau. So, like, <laughs> who, did, who did he play with last year? Chicago. Hey, there you go. There's your whole reason why he played bad last year. Look at that team. That team is horrible. What are you talking about? They're going for the cup this year. Um, Apparently, they're not rebuilding like they said last year. So, oh, guys, so, we're going to rebuild, so deal with it's, it. It's more, it's more the head scratcher of the contract because I don't think he's really worth one and a half for two years. Like It was just more of a, a shock. because I was like, I don't really know who you are. Um, Curtis Gabriel, tough guy, real tough guy. This is the guy that would literally walk, like, just straddle the red line and warm ups and just watch other teams and see who they get. <laughs> there, like, this guy fought everybody in the Western Conference. He's a tough guy. Yeah. Having him and Wayne Simmons on the team, oh, fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I think Curtis Gabriel is like my favorite signing other than Mrazek so far. Wait, wait, you don't like Alex Biega? Who? Alex B. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, and Michael Amad- Amadio? Or, yeah, Amadio. Um, yeah, Amadio. is, you know, another right D, you know, the lucrative right Ds. Um, the great thing about Peter Mrazek, too, is like, like after this year, our goalies are only making combined is $5.4 million. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. I that really is like that. Huge. Time. That contract is really good. Like, the term is good for three years. Like, he's 29, but, I mean, goalies nowadays age with fine wine, apparently. Um, we just have to figure out, like, again, like, Anderson wasn't necessarily healthy. He would lie and say, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. And he played 60 games. Mraz can't need... stay healthy either. No. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to make the comparison to. Like, yeah. they, they're both really not the healthiest goaltenders. But, I mean, if you tandem between Mrazic and Campbell, I think they'll keep him a lot. Healthier, I think. They both like don't get the, hurt. Uh, we're screwed with Hutchison again because we signed him again. So I like the Morazic signing because, like, he's he's used to the tandem thing. Yeah. Like in Carolina, and I think even in Detroit, that's what he was kind of doing. So it's not like he's coming in expecting to play sixty games or something. No, like I, he's I used don't to think splitting he would that role. Yeah. And then, um, like, I was a fan of Freddie Anderson watching him in Toronto. And like that was he had like what three or four almost Vesna like years. And then he just kind of fell off. So I wonder if it's something kind of between the ears with him. Like mentally he just like Ricky Romero type of thing where he just lost it. Like lost whatever mojo he had. Yeah. And I think Morazic, like to me, I think he kind of thrives in that pressure that Toronto yeah. creates. Like where Anderson might have collapse to it 
I think Morazic likes that type might, of thing. Yeah, like, might, remember might in the World Juniors? Oh yeah, I was just gonna bring that. I was literally just gonna bring that up. And he's fist pumping and like that was yeah. I think that was in Toronto, wasn't it? In Toronto? Or somewhere in Canada. Or something like that. Or it might have been Edmonton, but yeah, when he stopped the, the US in uh in the shootout, that was my yeah. favorite part of that World Juniors other than obviously <laughs> winning. But um Yeah, and then we also got Josh saying on a PTO. Oh yeah. But this is what I like usually PTOs aren't until like you know it's the end of uh, yeah. yeah, like closer to training camp. We did this on day one of the day two of free agents, like free mm-hmm. agents frenzy or whatever. So that that's a little bit of a sign pointing towards, hey, we actually might sign this guy, um, give it another chance, because you know he's he, he didn't really get a chance in uh, in the island. Um, he's he's a really talented player. It's just he hasn't really had the chance, and his attitude is not really what uh, I guess Lou Lamorella would really want on his team. Um, I know that he really just wants his players to be more um, driven and straight edged. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he played. He played in Sweden last year. Yeah, the SHL. Yeah. Um, but again, he's only played like five games for Orebro HK, and then he went to a different team. Um, and played four games. So yeah, he's been jumping around quite a bunch. But I mean, if you find him in his a right spot, he might actually be turn out to be a really, really good uh, player for your team. I feel like he's just like an older Nick Roberts, Robertson. I think like just without the attitude problem, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah. I guess we just have to keep Kerfoot, I guess, like since we lost McCann. Um, I'm good with having Kerfoot. They're talking about moving him to the wing on the second line. They kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, you put Camp at uh, either the fourth line or the third line center, because then, um, I mean, Jason Spezza is phenomenal. Honestly, like I, I can't even say anything bad about Jason Spezza. Then you have like Adam Brooks, like another good depth guy. He's making men. Um, Brian Simmons would probably be on the third line. So I mean, it, I don't. I, I think we have obviously the top two lines secured. It's just who do you put up on the top line? Like anybody who plays with Marner and uh, Matthews will obviously get points. Like they, they're talking about putting Bunting up there. Um, I always think of putting Nick Robertson up there cause just to give him a shot for like a couple games and then Could the first you put ten McKayev games up there to try and replicate what Hyman did. Well, Hyman can shoot. McKayev cannot. Yeah, but McKayev um, can hustle. And... Yeah, yeah, he's a fast as hell, man. But. Um, yeah, like I, I, if I want to give a grade, because I'm gonna say it now, because like literally they haven't really done anything. I'm waiting for them to do other things, because I'm waiting for them to trade somebody, because they need to trade somebody. Yeah. Um. Because we literally have no cap space left. I think they have what eight hundred fifty thousand. You have eight hundred fifty-five. Oh, two seventeen. Nice. <laughs> um. I got C minus. Really. Or line D minus. Wow. Other than other than Peter Morazic, Peter Morazic might make it to a C plus, but he literally haven't done anything. They've they've signed, they've traded away a bunch of these AHL players. You got Morazic and you got Bunting. Yeah, but I want to go back to the McCann thing. Did you really think, like, when you got <laughs> McCann, did you really think that he was going to be on your team, or did you automatically go with, oh, we're 
we literally just got him so we so we can keep like Dermot and um and Kerfoot. No, I thought that we were gonna keep McCann and get rid of Kerfoot because I thought they were gonna pick Kerfoot. Oh, then you're nuts. Why would they pick Kerfoot? Why not? He's the same freaking player. What, what's really. the difference? Other than him being younger, other than McCann, McCann being younger, I've, and a smaller, does he make around I, the same amount of money? As, uh, uh, I don't know. Kerfoot. Well, Kerfoot's making three and a half. Right Kerfoot's three and a half. Yeah, I, I know Kerfoot's making three and a half for another half or two few years. seasons. Yeah. No, he's getting paid. McCann's getting paid two point nine. Okay, so so a little less money. Yeah. Um, I mean, Seattle. What, what I was more mad about is that. You got our hopes up by signing this guy, or like by by trading for this guy, and then four days later, you just he's gone. But to me, the intention of that was never. It was really just a placeholder. Yeah. Like instead, I know, know, but it's just the fact that we did something. Yeah, Yeah, they teased you, and then they (laughs) stuck you back in after they they blew a three-one lead again to try and get your attention, and then they throw you a bone, and then they take it away from you. Yeah, but, so it's it's just annoying. I think that was the most annoying part of it. Yeah, well, and, when when I first saw the trade, I was baffled at first. I'm like, wait, what? They only gave up that for Jeremy McCann? Like they gave up a seventh rounder and like a who who's who's the prospect? Like, Goalender. Was it was Goalender. he goalie or? Oh, he's a, he was a defenseman. Defenseman. Thank you. Yeah, so I was like, who the hell is that? I've never heard of him. Like he wasn't a prospect I've ever heard of. Like, I don't know if he's good. Yeah, he's, or he's not one of our t- he's not one of our top prospects. Exactly. But. So I'm like, okay, they gave up a seventh and a mid to low level prospects i'm like i mean i get it yeah you you can say like oh all we lost was a seventh and hollander i get it like it's it's basically a three-way trade it is like we'll give vegas or sorry we'll give seattle nothing like we'll keep our roster and we'll get like you know what i mean like i don't know i explained it really poorly there but like (laughs) okay we'll give pittsburgh hollander or whatever his name and the seventh and you guys give him McCann to Seattle, and then we don't have to do anything. We keep we, we keep, keep Dermot and Kerfoot. Yeah, yeah. It, it literally like you either wanted to see what McCann did because I'd never watched McCann play, and the fact that they teased us. Well, like I said, when I first saw the trade, I was like, okay, well, McCann definitely getting picked by Seattle then. Because but what like, but what other team does that? What other team goes? Hey, four days before the expansion draft, here's a player. Okay, so you got four days to like mellow out and be like, oh, he'd be really good with a. Like, oh, but I don't think that was ever the point. point. Yeah. Was no, it's, point. it's the fan. It's the fans and the people around thinking like, oh, what else could they do if they get McCann? Yeah, well, the fans now that we have McCann for thinking that McCann was going to stay. Like there may have been. It's, it's just the thought. I'm just saying it's just there, the thought. There what other team been... does that? The Toronto Maple Leafs. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> I no said, other team does that. Ben, I said on the last podcast, because we were talking about Justin Hall versus Travis Dermott versus whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, you watch. The Leafs are going to do something creative because Kyle Dubas always finds a way to do something creative. And look, he's going to be gone him. next year if he doesn't snap out of this stuff. I honestly, I think he's really good at his job. He is good at his job. It's just the team sucks. I think he he's really it's, creative with these like like he's really really good with the cap and finding ways to finagle it. Which I know a lot it's of just, these old it, dudes. he's coming he's coming to the end of his his leash though because we can't make it past it. It's more about the results now, Tim. Past the point of yeah he's he's a good you know uh, general manager. The problem is is he likes his players too much and he won't yeah. let them go. I don't think he's a strong enough negotiator. For- he is not. Like, You're some right. of those contracts. 
Well, yeah, but you look at the top three. At the same time, I think in the last couple of years, he's done everything he can. Like He's like, I'm providing you with the players that you need. Yeah. It's like, now it's on you guys to win. There's only so much I can do. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree yeah. totally with that. It's just he needs to stop playing with his heart, like buying players with his heart. Mm. Is you're you're not making the team necessarily better if you're going to be like, okay, this is a good logical move. Not ma- like, oh yeah, we got Michael Bunting because yeah, I helped him a long time ago. <laughs> we have a good relationship. He might have been the shittiest player. We wouldn't know. So you'd be like, oh okay. Because he, he knew him. They're like, oh, I guess we have to deal with that guy. I thought it was but, funny that with the Hyman thing that oh yeah, he wanted yeah. he wanted a second round pick, which is ridiculous for yeah. like a rights trade or a sign and trade. Yeah. Um, but then they wouldn't even we'd, like the Oilers would offer him like fifth, seventh, sixth or whatever. And he's like, nope, it's like second or nothing. And it's like, you might as well get something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Zach Hyman Seriously, himself yeah, was a fifth round a tight pick. Rope. So. Yeah. He's walking a tightrope <laughs> with the comments he says too, right? Like, oh, I need to stick with this group. I'm like, yeah, we know you have to stick with this group because there's no way that you can get another. Like, you can't blow this up just yet. He thinks. Like, no, I, I think, think after this year, year if you, yeah, yeah. You got, that's it. Other than that, you has, have to get rid of somebody. Yeah, I think if they can't do it this coming season, then you have to look at moving. And maybe him possibly being relieved. Of his job, I would be afraid of him going somewhere else. Like to me, oh, me too. It's me, it's just I, I know that, who he get. He has that Steve Eiserman like aura, Attitude. where it's like this guy's creative and he's like he's very smart. I'm just and thinking think, the whole MLSE thing, right? Because MLSE yeah. is just really stingy when it comes to stuff like that. Like when T- Kyle Dubas has more experience and a better rapport with like all the GMs when he's the experienced guy. Man, like watch out. He also had Lou as... Well, he could be the next Lou. (laughs) Yeah, I... I personally don't think the Leafs had a bad offseason, I think. I do, because there's not enough movement. I think the biggest problem is losing Hyman. It's not that we can't do anything, it's that you can trade people. The Hyman part really took a... What it do you want? What, what, okay, then, okay, then, Mr. GM of the year, Benjamin McCann, what do you want, freaking, what, what would you want Toronto to do? What, what would you want them to trade? Um, well, the goaltending situation figured itself out, so that's, that's good. Um, D, our D was probably the best that it's been in a long time last year. Uh, it's basically just the fact that we have two lines. And no, we're basically like what the Oilers are. And it's we not flipped. good. <laughs> yeah, we, we're we the 2019 and you're the 2019. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, really, yeah, we got, okay, so top top two lines. You got Marner, Matthews, and Bunting, or insert player here. Um, yeah, like Edmonton, insert player here. Um, second line, you got Tavares, Tavares, um, Nylander, and Kerfoot. Line Spezza, Simmons, Brooks. I don't know. Robertson, Robertson. <laughs> yeah, Robertson. I want, I think okay. Robertson. Fourth can steal line one. Camp, freaking Akayev, and Ball. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Yeah, 
So, I mean, that line you would never get in the end because they're like the the shutdown. Um, I guess like they don't they don't score a lot of goals, but they're really good defensively. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Camp is good defensively because he doesn't really go offensively. So. so why don't you why don't you resign Galchenyuk? Uh, apparently, he wants to test the open market. Also, the Leafs lost Bogosian because Canada can't figure out its COVID nineteen rules, and there's a lot of comments said about. He yeah, he took less money to go back to Tampa Bay. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, I mean, if there is like what Steve said, Steve Dangle said today. I mean, if there is a defenseman to lose, it's Bogosian. Yeah. Um, I get that. It's just when you look down the forward lineup. It's just who are you? That's it. Other than the top, other than the top six. Yeah, literally. It's just it's top heavy and then nothing, so it's just gonna be tough. I just I I see the Leafs making the playoffs. I just don't see them, you know, moving, taking that next step again because one they just can't because of uh being tied up with so much money in the top two lines and mm-hmm. it's just not feasible to make a good run to the playoffs when you don't have that depth. We just watched right. with Tampa Bay; they have the depth. Defense and forwards. The third line was their top line. We know that. But it's I, I just don't see well, it. I think it like the Leafs the Leafs are probably missing those depth guys they had a few years ago. Those guys like Connor Brown and uh Kapanen and Yeah, Kapanen and I mean the um, Andreas Janssen one was Andreas just Janssen. yeah, that was the stupidest con like he signs these players the contracts with the Janssen one and the Kapanen one. At the most inopportune times. I think that's that's also a kicker for Dubas. He signs them not at the right times. He signed Angball and it's a million and a half. And you're like, really? You signed Angball to a two-year, a million and a half? Because he scored, what, six goals? <laughs> He's not, like, just give him what, like, give him time either to develop or get rid of him. Stop liking your players to the point of, hey, I need to keep them, because that's not how it works. They're not hockey cards. <laughs> like, oh, I like this card. Okay, keep them. That's not how it works. They're people. Trade them. Who would like? They're, it's a business. We know this, right? You can't be liking every single player because you know who they are and you know their family. So it's just... It's just tough seeing it after how last season ended as well, and they want us to know get suckered back in because like hey we're going back to games now pay for really expensive alcohol and really poor team on the ice sometimes so it's tough i don't know it's gonna be tougher in that division too with tampa oh my goodness i mean boston still (laughs) boston never gets like oh goodness so yeah (laughs) c c c plus or c we'll give him a c in that area move on to now more free agent stuff because it's just i'm I'm done with the leafs so yeah they they do that and then it comes back and Rapid fire some of these. Uh, hey, well, you said Boston. We'll do we'll do Boston because Boston did some stuff yesterday that today. Yeah, they signed uh, Linus Allmark and Nick Foligno. And Nick Foligno, yeah. Yeah, and they re-signed Taylor Hall. Yep. It's, uh... On a pretty good contract, the Taylor Hall one. Yeah, that one. It's it's a pretty good contract for Taylor Hall and what he had when. The kind of contract he got, like I know it was only one year, nine million, but I mean, still like nine million compared to him getting six million over four years, like that's pretty good for Taylor Hall. Yeah. Um. Oh, 
one one last player I want to say for the Leafs, but I still want them to get is Casey Zizekas. Oh yeah. Zizekas I want Casey Zizekas so bad. Dude, me and you were talking about that the other day. He would be so good on your team. I was we were talking about yeah, I, I was just like top UFAs. Um I wanted Jaden Schwartz as well. Yeah, but Schwartz would have be been really, too much money. He he would have been, it would just be like getting another Hyman, but not yeah. as aggressive in the corners. And then the same cap hit. Um <clears throat> The Burns also, they were some Mike Riley too, which I think. That's good for them. Yeah, it's, I think it's good for them. He's, he's, he's still only 28, still in prime. It's only $3 million. So, I mean, same with, same as Ezekiel as well as like $3 million, I think it is, his cap. His cap yeah. Last year, 3.3 or something like that. But just, just please, just get this guy. I know he's, he's a Canadian, he's an Ontario guy as well. So just. If you want to bring all the guys home, bring them all home. I don't care. Yeah, they're doing that anyways. The Burns starting to sign a backup, so I don't know if they're going to resign Rask or if they're going to go for somebody else. I think Rask, they said, is done until at least the new year. So he might yeah. not even play this year. No, okay. Just then. Backup, then. Yeah, they're probably just Swayman. They have Swayman, I guess. Yeah, they'll, yeah they'll, they'll probably just have Swayman be the backup and then Olmark be the number one. That's not a bad tandem. I mean, Swayman played decent last year when he, whenever he played. Swayman played in the playoffs a little bit more because uh, I think Swayman played in a, a couple of playoff games. Yeah. Um, what, 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 want to move on to Carolina and there? Whatever the hell. Yes, let's doing. go to Carolina. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? They only offered Dougie Hamilton six point two or six point one million dollars over eight years, and then he gets nine million. Was it, it was a nine million right in, in New seven Jersey? Years. Yeah, seven years at nine million from New Jersey. Like, what the hell? And then they, they trade Jake Bean because they didn't want to pay him, and then he only ends up signing in Columbus for $2.33 million. You're telling me they couldn't afford $2.33 million AAV for Jake Bean? Like, that's ridiculous. And then they, they signed Freddie Anderson for $4.5 million over two years. They better hope to God. <laughs> they better pray to God he's healthy this year. You, you should have seen my God. face when I saw the four and a half, and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> Oh it, God, it's so I, I do like we already talked about Freddie Anderson before. Um, yeah, before we recorded, and, and I was just like, "Oh, wow!" We got they traded Nedeljkovic for a third. Yeah, yeah. and then Nedeljkovic signed for less than what uh, they paid uh, Freddie Anderson for. Like, what the hell are they doing? Well, I think they got fleeced by Eisman because Eisman. Oh, they was, definitely did. He's playing mind tricks with them. Eisman is like he's like the Godfather. <laughs> like, but, yeah. Like, uh, yes, Mr. Eisenman, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, will I guess lose the Godfather. He's like. <laughs> Did you know they're still paying Jake Gardner $4 million for the next T season? Oh, my God. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Jake Gardner, eh? What a, what a player. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, know. I I'm no so happy now. That made me feel better. I have no idea what Carolina is doing. They literally traded it. They literally just let their top defenseman go for. Because they didn't want to pay him three million dollars more AAV for the same amount of, for the same amount of years, and then they signed Martinuk. They signed Martinuk for three years, so he can just say Svechnikov the whole time. So yeah, and then they they signed D'Angelo one year, one million dollars, and apparently they're interested in Jake Vertanen too. Like holy crap! <laughs> Doesn't the Carolina second chances? If they put my Ethan Bear next to to uh, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> oh. I could only imagine what could. Go on in that, um, and they still need to sign Svechnikov. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think it all stems to Montreal opera shooting Ho last year. Oh yeah. Was it last year or was it yeah? Or was, was it, it two years ago now? I think it was two years um, ago now. Yeah, but that was a huge moment in that franchise because you're like now you have to either commit to this player, which is probably he's obviously your best player. Oh yeah. Um or not, and they did it. So then now everything after that is just like a tumble a tumble effect. I don't know. You you went to the playoffs. You went far in the playoffs the last three years. Because I'll even include this year because you ended up in the second second round exit, but you had to play Tampa. But um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing really to uh, um, be a contender. Another team yeah. that's confusing me. Sorry, I don't know if you guys had more to say. All right, that's yeah. it. That's it for me. Well, um, I was gonna, Chicago. I was gonna, yeah. What the. Oh man, what? Okay, well, well, Chicago via. They're literally. They were like, what was it like last year? They were like, okay, guys, we're gonna rebuild now, so we're probably nope. gonna trade players, and now I think sudden, they're trying to contend now. <laughs> like, yeah, now, they are hundred ten percent. Yeah, they. Oh yeah, Seth Jones trade him for our top defenseman, like young player Adam Bogvist, and then they gave up a bunch of picks for Seth Jones, and they signed him for a what was it seven year nine and a half mil or eight year nine and a half mil. Yeah, and That's Jay ridiculous. Fresh, Jay Fresh roasted this this deal. His yeah. projected WAR, Seth Jones, <laughs> is like three percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what they really need to do is either have Jonathan Taze play this year and hope he says he plays this year. Yeah. Um, you got Tyler Johnson for another three. Yeah, that was mil. so confusing to me. Um, that one. He said that. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, I, that's what we're gonna bring up after. Oh, <laughs> that's what I made that joke for. Didn't even find. I didn't out. even say. I didn't even figure. Oh my god, that was the. I couldn't believe. It. I was sitting at work and I was like, I can't believe this. This is. Like, this is real. <laughs> no sound. So like, pained at all. They just got rid of. Do him. Do we need to go through what he's done? <laughs> we can do this like what we did with Duncan Keith, right? He do we need to really go the... through what he did? He just what he's done he in does this not. You just won the Vesna last year. Are you freaking kidding me? And I've told you over the last couple of days, I'm like, I would just retire. Yeah, that's what I would do. What what more do I need to prove? What more do I need to win? He's won three cups. Why do I need to move my family okay. anymore? There's no reason. Has he won three cups or two or two? Three. Yeah, he three. Was he was three. Well, no, they're three. They're... What? Yeah, 2008. Yeah. Then back or 2009. To Oh yeah, he, oh yeah, sixteen seventeen. He left. Yeah, I forgot. He left after twenty seventeen. That's when the expansion draft was. Yeah. Um. So, if we really, really want to focus on Flurry, which I really do, for just a half second here. That was ridiculous. How many times does that guy need to be kicked? <laughs> down. He's like the nicest guy too. <laughs> He's he. I love Flurry. He's so cool. Such a like nice everybody. Guy. Everybody has that little soft spot for Mark Andre Flurry. Always will. We know that this year, like the the Vesna probably should have went to Vasilevsky. I was very surprised they went to yeah. Flurry, but like... it was more of like a feel good award. Yeah. Or Mark Andre Flurry, which he he didn't. It's not like he didn't deserve to be nominated. No, he did. He was your Vesna pick, I think, uh, halfway through, right, Don? Well, I was rooting for him all year because he didn't have the Vesna, and yeah. I think he's up there as one of the like he's cementing himself as like one of the greats. Oh yeah, and like the Vesna was the only thing. Yeah, the Vesna was the only thing 
I think, holding him back. And now he has that. So now really, he has it. So he has everything. Well, like, I mean, he won two cups as a backup. He won a gold medal as the third string guy. So all counts. It all counts. Yeah. What, like, when it goes on your Wikipedia page, what does but it like, show? Do you remember <laughs> him starting his career as the guy who shot the puck? Patrick oh, O'Sullivan in the World Juniors? Don't. Even it's like bring this it triggers ma- this triggers Nick so bad when we talk about this. He's like younger. He's y- way younger than us, and we we remember it more than he would ever remember it. I remembered it very. Hey, what are you born vividly. Nick again? Uh, Ninety nine. We were ten. You were five. So that's cute. Just to let you know, just to let you know. You're oh, you're so cool. So we bud. we were you know watching it more. Frequently, probably, but, yeah, but, but yeah, nevertheless, I, yeah, he shot the puck against the opposing player, went in the net, we lost a gold medal. Yeah, I know the play. Then he got drafted first overall. <laughs> so who cares? Everybody makes mistakes. Oh no, that's I'm just saying. Then he got drafted <laughs> first overall, and then his NHL career began to just go because. Well, he had he a rough couple of years. That. that first couple of years that he was there, he was basically thrown in as the number one, like right away, and he, he mm-hmm. like he obviously struggled, like mm-hmm. as an 18 year old. But then, like, oh, because everyone was like, "Oh, first overall pick, he's gonna be our number one for the next ten years." And then, yeah, yeah he struggled a lot when he Oh no, we got another deep Pietro. On Crosby our got there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Once Crosby got there, and Malkin. Yeah, Crosby, yeah. Malkin, and, and Latang. Yeah. Once that core started to develop. Yeah. Um, then, then they got really good. Yeah. And yeah, like, like I said, I wouldn't play in Chicago. Oh yeah, and then Wait, and then they, the point? they also they also signed Jake McCabe too, to what like what's four the point? year four year four million dollars like what the hell are they doing? Calvin DeHaan makes four and a half. I think they're trying only, to move him. Yeah, it's only for one more year though. So and he's only twenty nine or no, he's thirty. So I mean, yeah, they I would I would trade him. I mean, they are kind of lucky they put Andrew Shaw in, in IR, but um, yeah, like. But the Seth Jones thing too, like sorry, Philly should just retire. That's that's where it should end. Yeah, and then they just find another goalie. That that's it. That should be it. I was kind of hoping when he didn't, or uh, I guess last night, before Colorado made the Kemper trade, mm-hmm. that they'd try and make a trade for Flurry at like fifty percent. Because I feel like he'd go to Colorado mm-hmm. and he would. Oh, yeah, he wants if he's going to go to a there. team, he needs to go to a contender that's literally going to take him there. Exactly, right. Colorado's Col- the. The team, so well, yeah, but... Colorado, Colorado's biggest issue, at least the last playoffs, was their goaltending was so shaky. I mean, if they had Flurry last year, they easily would have beat Vegas, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys saw what Grubauer said to, about the Avalanche um, when he, before he went to Seattle when he signed with Seattle. He said, um, he literally said, "Oh yeah, Colorado had its time." And then just that was it. <laughs> Damn. He he gave them, I guess, a time limit to however long they need to sign up. But they did need to sign. Obviously, they had their priorities with Makar and um, Landis Cog. Landis Cog, yeah. which Landis Cog, we I kind of already knew he was going to stay. I didn't. Think yeah, there was leave. no way he was leaving. Um, they just needed up his price just a little bit. It came in really low at the beginning because they just wanted to get that Makar contract out of the way, which mm-hmm. I still think is probably one of the best contracts that has been signed. Um. Yeah, so he's at six years. So is he still an RFA at the end of that? 
because he'll only be... Uh, yes, I believe so. I think that's why right? That's why they signed that contract like that. No, he's a just, no, he's a UFA after that. He's a UFA after that? Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, it's a six 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 years UFA. And then oh. But still, like you'll we'll see what he he's still in his prime. Like, that's just the start of his prime. I'd argue he's not even in his prime yet. He's, he's that's what I'm saying. Not, like that, that'll be the start yeah. that'll probably be like either oh, like mid the or the end. Will be the start. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wait, yeah, okay. And like Eric Johnson, Jesus. Um, <laughs> they got Curtis, Curtis McDermott as well um, from Seattle. Just saw the other day, but um, um, should we maybe do a couple more and then wrap it up? Uh, I want to talk about New Jersey because yeah. they yeah. they're. They're looking kind of scary, not all I if we're talking about like their defense and their goaltending, at least the ones that they've signed or traded for, like holy. Like they signed they signed uh, obviously Dougie Hamilton, who like the what was it, seven or eight year at nine million? Was it seven years? Seven years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that he was easily one of the top free agents to get and they got him for what everyone thought he was going to get. They expected a longer term at like nine or nine and a half million dollars. And then, uh, who was a goalie that they signed? They signed Bernier. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they got Bernier. Bernier. I see a lot of Jersey fans are like, why the hell do we have Bernier? He's so bad. He was arguably the best player for Detroit the last two seasons. I think the thing that shocks them the most is how much they're paying Jonathan Bernier. For two years, was, I mean, him and McKenzie, yeah, him and McKenzie Blackwood are going to be a good duo. He's McKenzie Blackwood's a really, really good. Yeah, player. and and I think we also forget that the Devils traded for Ryan Graves early, very early on in the offseason. Yeah. So their decor, like, yeah, they still have PK Subban, but like, who cares? He's, a UFA he's next year. He's got, he's got one year. He's got one year left, and he's top on, two defensemen make nine million dollars. But they still have twenty-two million in cap space. Yeah, oh, they I know, it's still ridiculous. have a bunch of money cap space, but they need to sign. No, they don't even need to sign anybody that big. Uh, well, Jack yet. Hughes and then Blockfist. Well, Jack Hughes still has one more year until he's an RFA. Yeah, so I think now, like starting this week, they can kind of like Braden Point, they can re-sign him. Yeah. For like, I, I guess we could talk also about um, Sam Reinhardt got traded to Florida. Oh, yeah, Bu- that one. Buffalo trading so everybody was... but Eichel. Like, hey, Buffalo's actually been really good in this. Oh, they have been. So far. They, they have leased uh, Philadelphia for Hawaiian. <laughs> Holy oh, crap. Yeah. yeah, Philly. That happened moves... so long ago. It's been the longest week and a half of my life. Yeah, that feels like it was so long ago. Holy crap. Yeah, Buffalo's. They Ghost, and they paid, they paid Arizona to, to take, take that contract. And then they bring in Ristolainen. And they gave up. Like, a... Is Ristolainen even better than Shane Gostas Bear? Oh yeah, like, I he's feel like better. They paid than... to make a lateral move. He's better uh, than Gostas Bear, but not by a lot. Like Ristolainen's I... younger, obviously, than Gostas Bear, but yeah, dude, he he ain't that much better. It's not he like... ain't. It's it's <laughs> shut it. It's not like they made. It's not like 
trading away Ghost of Spare and then getting Rissalina, it's not like they made a significant upgrade on their defense. Like, yeah, they made a significant upgrade by getting Ryan Ellis. I think that was a good trade, but, like, they, they also gave up a lot for Ellis. Like, I know it was, like, a three-team yeah. trade, but they gave up a lot for Ellis. Yeah, they gave up on Nolan Patrick. Which is stupid. Now he's in Vegas, and he's going to turn into William Carlson 2.0. I think with Nolan Patrick, too, he's had a lot of uh, head injuries so far in his yeah. career. Weird he's, injuries. Yeah, yeah he was out weird. the whole last season with uh, a concussion, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's going to take a little bit for him to get used to. Um, uh-huh, for sure. A different place. But, but, but I just really gets, to, Sorry. If he if he can like stay healthy, like for a prolonged period of time, not just for like one season, and then next season, like the after the twenty twenty two twenty or the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season, then um, he could they, like this trade could be a steal for Vegas. If mm-hmm. if you no know, Patrick can stay healthy, and then who else did they get? They got two players. They got Patrick, and then they got somebody else from uh, Philip Myers and. Yeah, so, Nick Hag, I believe it was. Oh, Cody Glass. Cody Glass was among one of them, but I can't remember. It might have been Nick Hag, wasn't it? I think it was Hag. Yeah, that's a that's a big loss. Like Nick, like Nick, Nick Hag. He's a he's a decent player. And uh, where the hell is it? Yeah, you got traded to Vegas. So yeah, it was uh, Patrick and Hag. Or, or am I reading that wrong? Patrick went to Vegas. Yeah, and Hag, Hag went to. Or you get went to from? Nashville. Philip Myers went to Nashville, and then going back to Philly was um, Ryan Ellis. Um, I I I really want to talk about the. Uh, no, the I think draft. you're mixing them up. Why? Robert Hag was part of the Buffalo trade. Ah, Cody Glass went back to. Uh, Cody Glass was involved in this. Yeah, you know that. Um, I really want to talk about the draft and the Logan Mayu pick. Um, just before, really, really quickly, the other like big name that signed, uh, Philip Dano in LA. Oh yeah, that that confused the hell out of me because he was not linked to LA at all, and all of a sudden, boom, LA. I'm like, what? That center depth of Kopitar, Dano, oh and uh, Byfield. That's such a good center depth. I think they might be making a little bit of a run for it this year. Maybe. I mean, yeah. their division is the garbage. Division, so yeah, I was looking at the division and like now adding in Seattle. So it's like so it's Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and then Vegas, Seattle, and then the the California teams like uh, LA Kings, Anaheim, and San Jose. I still think Anaheim is going to be bad. They're still going to be like the worst team in that division, and then I think San Jose is going to be second last. And then I'm like, who the hell is going to be third last? Because it's like, yeah, LA, but like they. They got better this offseason, I think, with the Denove trade. Might be Calgary. I think it's I think it's gonna be Calgary. Yeah, I think LA sneaks in ahead of Calgary. I think Vegas will be number one, and then I was like, okay, Edmonton or Seattle, Edmonton or Seattle two. And then like uh, I still don't know much about Seattle and they're not done yet. So I was like, I'm uh, probably Seattle three, Edmonton two, and then like Vancouver four, I guess. And then yeah, it was Cal- you guys will definitely be probably fighting for LA. We're, or, we're gonna be fighting. Seattle. We're gonna be fighting for the last spot in the division, like fourth, third, somewhere around there. But so here, okay, I pulled up the trade for like the illustrated just so we didn't get confused. So obviously, <laughs> Thank you. I, I I was so confused in it because I was like, wait, I don't remember anything. So 
Ellis was obviously traded to Philadelphia from Nashville. And then Nashville mm-hmm. received Myers and Patrick. And mm-hmm. then Cody Glass went to Vegas. No, flip-flop that. Cody, Cody Glass was on Vegas. So <laughs> Nolan Patrick yeah. went to Vegas. What? Yeah. Whatever. So even, even even reading it, it's confusing. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah the uh, I, I really just want to bring it up. Just the, oh, this, this, I, I just don't think we can not do a podcast and talk about uh, not talk about yeah two issues that are going on in this joke of a just quick though because I think this bot is I think we're running almost two hours. Yeah, we'll we'll try. Um, oh, really? Jeez. Um, yeah, we'll try to make this one quick because this this yeah. like yeah like you said we can't not talk about this. This is huge no. in the other, HR right now. There's there's other podcasts as well that touch a lot like go a lot deeper into this. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch the surface. Um, Montreal, you guys are a bunch of freaking idiots. <laughs> like. Your your general manager, your owner, your assistant manager, just a general manager, your your scouting department, everybody on that team, not the players, obviously. You guys are idiots. The guy literally, yeah. he made a full statement, like Logan Mayu. He made a full statement saying, "Do basically do not draft me. I am not mature enough yet, and I want to come into the NHL." With the level of maturity to be like wanted by an AHL team, yet that's minimum. That's minimum. Of what yeah, he can do. the most minimal that he can do. And then all of a sudden, Montreal's like, "We don't give a shit. We're gonna, we're taking you in thirty first overall before anybody in the second round." Because I did hear that some teams in the second round were thinking about picking him, whether they would have picked him or not. That's to to we'll never know that, but there were rumblings that some teams in the second round would have picked him or might have picked him. And then there were teams that were just like, nope, we are not picking him. Like I know Boston was one of them. I think Toronto was one of them as well. That was like, nope, we're not picking you. Too bad. So just to just to do a little backstory, he he did something in Sweden. I I can't never really remember exactly what he did, but he did something. He had. <laughs> he had sex with right. a girl and he took a picture of it without her consent. The sex yes. was consensual, but not the uh, yeah. yeah. And then, and then and he distributed circulated distributed among his team. Yeah, yeah. He went through the. Uh, I don't know if it went through the whole team, but he he sent it through the team. So, obviously, that's a big no no. And he was charged yeah. in Sweden for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so yeah. Go and ahead. then the and then the girl wanted him to. A, a, to make a written apology and it actually be sincere and then this guy's like no nah, i'm just gonna send you a text that's really like a like a couple sentences i'm pretty sure it actually, it actually was like two sentences long and it was just a text it was like oh i'm sorry i hope you can forgive me okay bye that's it so as you can hear there is no justice for this victim because she is a victim now yeah um and then the Montreal Canadiens being the greedy slime balls that they are <laughs> by picking this guy, even though he said that we were saying he did not want to be drafted because he is not mature enough to be on an NHL team and he does not deserve. I, I personally, and probably the same with these 
two other guys in this podcast does not deserve to be on an NHL team. Oh, in, in any, in not in the near future, not right now. No, not right now. Well, until until he either um, one grows up, apologizes, minimum, and um, just, you know, redo like, everything that he needs to do to become a better person. If if that wasn't a problem already, after they drafted him. The Canadians, specifically, I think it was Mark Bergevin, came out with a full statement saying, like, we know what's going on and we don't agree with it, but we want to take this kid into our organization and show him, like, how to be mature and how to, like, be a man in the NHL. Like, you drafted him. You can't say that now. First of all, you saying that is a problem. Second of all, your owner also apologized for drafting this kid. What in the middle the in the hell? middle of free, free agent frenzy? Jeff Molson released a statement, his statements about this oh. this pick, so nobody would see it because you're all caught up with all the trades and all the free agent <laughs> signings. Is that he would you you would you know shove it underneath the rug so nobody would see it because that's how disrespectful some of these people are. And yeah, I am a Leaf fan, and I, yeah, I'm talking about the Montreal Canadiens, but it would have been with any team that drafted this guy. Oh, yeah. It has nothing uh, to do with the team. It's just how they went about it is not obviously the right way to do it. No. It, you you it, actually just got lucky that you might, you're still in hockey, kid. Yeah. You're, you're that, you're like so close to not being able to do anything now. To me, that's like the biggest issue with it all is like, I guess he recognized, like, I don't know, the maturity statement, to me, I wonder if there's some, like, if I put out this statement, maybe they'll, like, have sympathy for me, like, in doing that. But to me, it's, like, the act, like, the the thing that he was charged for, the distributing the photograph, to me, it's, like, it's, like, a selfish thing, like, an entitlement thing. And then to draft him with the first round, to me, it's like, well, what lesson is he really going to learn from this? None. Like, he paid, he paid his fine, whatever. Like, he's, he's right with the law. Yeah, um, yeah but we, we all know that fines are just nothing to these kids. Like, maybe yeah, it's a little more exactly. to him to because any, he's like, not making that league. much money. But, like, fines the, are nothing in this the, league. Period. The 5K fines in the NHL are literally pointless. But that's. That's what I mean. Like, is the the true consequence is like, well, shit. Like, I might lose my hockey career. For this, I went from a guy who could have been like a top thirty pick to like, maybe I'm not even playing in the NHL ever. ever. Yeah, and every single owner slash GM slash management team for the NHL, every NHL team should should all should all have come together and been like, we are not drafting this kid. Nobody draft this kid this year because this kid needs to learn his lesson that your whatever you do, whatever actions you do, they have serious consequences, and the consequences that he's faced are not serious enough for what he's done. So, or the NHL should have just come out, or your should have come out and been like, "Yeah, we are taking this kid out of the draft. We have never done this before, but this is a different set of circumstances. We are like having him exempt from the draft so that he can be." eligible next year and so this kid can show everyone not just the teams 
but the fans of those teams like hey i've changed i've i'm a different person than i was last year now you can draft me and i will do the best i can for your team but like the skip being drafted by montreal he doesn't have any consequences other than what he's already done and which is very minimal he has and and again we reiterate he has not apologized to this person or he did a half-assed apology yeah he did not really true but he did, but it was but it's, tr- like, it's it's whether if he meant it or not, which he obviously he, it was a t- it was two sentences and it was in text, and she wanted a fully like paragraph written out apology that was sincere, and he did not do that. So that just goes to show that he doesn't he hasn't he doesn't really like he hasn't done enough to like actually have consequences for it. Yeah, I just want to go to one point when. There was a press conference for the assistant general manager of uh, Montreal. There's a video on it um, if anybody wants to look that up. Um, the one reporter asked him a question, and I believe it goes, why, even after him saying, I am not, do not want to be dra- uh, drafted, he says, why did you guys still draft him? And there is about a 30-second pause. <laughs> From the assistant general manager. <laughs> it is the longest, most silent, tell, like telling you what they've done. And you can see and hear nothing. And it tells you everything. Yeah, they, they can't defend it. <laughs> they can't defend themselves because they don't know what they did. Or they do know what they did and they're just lying just, about it. I think they know what they've done. They just don't care enough which is just the most disgusting thing and i'll keep saying that is the most disgusting thing i've ever witnessed other than the um chicago blackhawks stuff but that is i I do not want to get into the Chicago. yeah so i'll just say just before we finish up the chicago blackhawks thing is like really crazy and like i personally and i don't know about you guys know enough about it to really comment on it Mm -hmm. I'm also just very uncomfortable with it it as well. Yeah. Um, Steve Dangle on his podcast a couple episodes ago, they did a really good discussion on it, um, which you could check out. And then I think on their, an upcoming episode next Wednesday, they're interviewing uh, Rick Westhead, who for the last, basically since this story has kind of come out, he's been the one kind of leading um, the journalistic the journalism side of of this story. Of this story, yeah. yeah. So I think that'll be a really interesting discussion with him um, to kind of know exactly what's what's going down. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's. I mean, it's kind of a somber way to end the end this one, but it, it needs to be talked about more. Even even if we don't touch all the bases, this needs to be talked about regardless. Well, um, well I know Ben. I know you you were saying before like we recorded like the whole situation is just ridiculous and it's like disgusting and like i heard a little bit about it from the from uh steve daniels podcast when they went in depth about it i listened to it but i didn't listen to everything i just listened to like the main points of it i'm just like what the hell goes through a person's mind that would make them like do that to somebody else yeah and then not necessarily covered up but not you know, yeah. let it be known for 10 years. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, 10 years later, it starts coming out, and now everyone's like, what the hell was going on? Because like, yeah, like, at that time, it's not like Chicago was an irrelevant team. They won the Cup in 2010. So, like, they were a 
main they're like a, a staple team in the early 2010s so maybe that's why that's why it wasn't brought up until later on because they were such a high they were such a high-end team back then they were winning cups so they like it's like they didn't want to tamper jeopardize yeah jeopardize their their glory with such that's, a that's what worries a, me is like, not, yeah it's not worth it is who knows what like does Taze know stuff does kane know stuff does yeah, kane know stuff does yeah, I, I just don't want to get too far into it because then I guess yeah, yeah it, it's just all it's a big game of telephone and nobody's telling anybody anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the last thing with the Logan Mayu stuff, if that doesn't all obviously, I, sorry, the next pick in that draft. Do you guys see anything Black about Hawks. the next pick? Yeah, it was the Blackhawks. Yeah, Stan Bowman brought up eight women, and this was announced in a press release before. Um, before anybody even knew that Montreal was going to pick Logan. It was just the most cringy, awkward thing that has, I think, ever happened. It was the worst thing that, that could possibly happen. Yeah. It's like after you have a person that... You select a person that's literally made a, a woman a victim. You pick this kid. And then the next time, the next people up is Stan Bowman bringing up eight women that you know work in Chicago under such and such. Yeah, but did did he what, say something? What is going on? <laughs> this he... league is legit a joke. Like, <laughs> bull, like, 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 where's the commissioner on this stuff? Like, it, that's what it, it, I think Steve said. He's a dartboard. He literally is a dartboard. Like, where is the commissioner? <laughs> Didn't, did the did like the Blackhawks try to play it off as like, oh, we're shedding light to all of the women who work in the Chicago organization, how much of a good job they do? Like that's why they brought those eight women up, or did they, or they just not say anything about it? I didn't watch that pick. It was around that general description of what you just said. Yeah, like it's that's so, so yeah, so stupid. So there, that that's that's it. Like that's. <laughs> and you know, all all people want is just an apology. And a, like, how hard is it just to write a written apology? Uh, start just for, to start. For not not necessarily have, working on yourself, but just to start. For people that have big egos and are stubborn, that's a lot. And I'm pretty sure this kid is stubborn, and he's got a huge ass ego because, like, look what yeah. he did. Look at look at the thing that he did. That just goes to show what kind of ego that kid has. And uh, good good luck, Seattle. We didn't really talk about you at all, but good luck as being the thirty-second team, or yeah, thirty-second team in the National Hockey League. Good luck. You had good goalies. I'm going to say that. Their goalies and their defense is scary, but they're going to struggle. first line sucks. They're so. going to struggle <laughs> unless they trade for somebody. They're going to struggle to score goals. They're really going to struggle. I swear to God, if if Jack Eichel goes to Seattle and quitting, they're not going to go. To, he's not going to Seattle. Are you kidding Did me? You guys, see, sorry, last, last, last. <laughs> what the? Ass sorry, I'm so sorry. The asking price that Vegas had for oh Jack Eichel. Do it. Peyton, Peyton. Yeah, it was a good. I thought, I'm like, okay, yeah, you guys lose a lot of you know, prospects, but, but do I mean, it. you're going to get Jack Eichel. <laughs> do the thing. Do it. What was it? Like three players and only like one first round pick? Yeah, something like that. I think the, the first and the second. Like the players are good. Don't get me wrong. Like the players they give yeah. up are good. They're good NHL players, and like one of them is a good prospect that's almost NHL ready. I, th- I think. I think. Yeah, Pink Krebs. Krebs is more. Yeah, Kre- or if, yeah, Krebs, not Krebs. But like, it's Jack. For, like, sorry for the language. It's Jack fucking Eichel. <laughs> he is. 
such an elite player, but he's just on such a garbage team, just a garbage organization in the last 10, 15 years. If he is in Vegas, he is their best player. I don't even if Flurry was still there, if Flurry was still there, he is still their number one player. And he is their their he would be their captain when Patrick is gone. He or who is is, is Patrick's captain, right? No, Stone. Or Stone's captain. So I would be, I would be, uh, he would at least be an assistant captain. I feel like Jack Eichel. He would have to be an assistant. I don't know if you you guys know who Jean Sebastian Diaz used to play for Buffalo. Yeah, kind of. This is him on on Jack Eichel's leadership qualities. He's not a bad person, but maybe there are reasons why Buffalo was in a situation like that. Oh, yeah, totally. So Jack Eichel is the reason. I think that's how we should end it. Let that, sit, let that settle in there. That's the, <laughs> but I would okay. still take Jack Eichel. Anyways. I'd still take Eichel. Um, don't you want to wrap this up? Yeah. So I guess that was our, our long, long chat about uh, Canucks. Hey, it was important. Leafs. It was important. Um, I guess a mixture of expansion, free agency, and draft. What they did. So hard to get everything in here. Like yeah, you guys can look yeah. up everything online. There was like a, all the trades and stuff. It's not too like, hard to look up. So, the, like there were 163 signings all, on the first day, and then there was also trades. Like we didn't even talk about some of the other big trades, but yeah, it is really hard to fit in everything that happened over the it's, last couple it's, days. It's basically impossible unless it's you want to do so like a four-hour podcast. Yeah, unless you do like a, yeah. a four-plus-hour podcast and you actually like go in depth on everything, it's really hard. But like yeah so, we... yeah so hopefully yeah. you enjoyed this one um uh, i'm dylan with uh ben and nick follow us on dead puck podcast on facebook please yeah give us a follow on facebook um and then you can, obviously you can find us in all the podcast um apps um so yeah thanks for listening and uh we'll catch you next time see ya see ya